My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started a WNR podcast with my friend, Dan Mike. And every month, we bring you the latest collections, newest content, 205 Live, and the crown jewel of the WNR NXT update. Also, each month, the latest pay-per-views, and we are live, not only for the big four, but every takeover as well. Plus, in 2019, we go back 20 years and witness the attitude rise and the WCW's demise. Until we've watched everything, we're with you and we we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today, it's the WNR 203, it's WW Super Brawl 1999. But before we do anything, let's start with the alternate intro. My name is John Crichton, an astronaut. A radiation wave hit, and I got shot through a wormhole. Now I'm lost in some distant part of the universe on a ship. A living ship for the strange alien life forms. Help me. Listen, please. Is there any of me? I'm being hunted by an insane military commander, doing everything I can. I'm just looking for a way home. And that was Farscape, which started in 1999. Nobody's never heard of it. It's a fantastic sci-fi series. But now, the proper intro. In 1999, WCW and WWF were the two biggest wrestling companies in the world. And for the past couple of years, had traded the number one slot. But as the year started, it seemed WWF had a plan to continue its hugely successful Attitude Era, while WCW had seemingly lost the plot. Rather than focusing on younger talents like Booker T, Jericho, Benoit and the Super Over Goldberg, it instead pushed over-the-hill stars Hogan, Piper and Flair and continued the NWO even though it had passed its peak. This year, the WNR podcast goes back 20 years and witnessed the WWE's rise and WCW's demise. This is... WWE versus WCW, Monday Night Wars, February 1999. And like we said, we're watching Super Brawl 1999. And uh, let's just run through the card quickly. So singles match, we've got Booker T versus Disco to start us off. We had Chris Jericho with Ralphus versus Perry Saturn. We've got the WCW Cruiserweight Championship match. Kidman, the champ versus Chavo Guerrero. The WCW World Tag Team Title Tournament Final Winners Bracket Match. And that was Barry Windham and Kurt Henning versus the Four Horsemen, Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko. You had uh, Elizabeth Hare versus Rey Mysterio Jr.'s mask tag team match. And that was Conan and Rey Mysterio versus the Outsiders, Kevin Ash and Scott Hall. We've got a WCW television title match, Scott Steiner versus DDP. A WCW United States heavyweight title match, Roddy Piper versus Scott Hall. A singles match, Bam Bam Bigelow versus Goldberg. And a WWE World Heavyweight title match, Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair. So looking at the card, what match are you most excited for? Bam Bam versus Goldberg. Yeah, I think me too. I've been a huge fan of Goldberg. I think it'd be interesting to see what Mysterio does later on, you know, in the lands of the Giants as it was. But amazing, this show actually did a good buy rate of 1.1. Possibly because the majority of the audience want to see Ric Flair beat Hulk Hogan and figure that Hogan being a broken downhill wouldn't stand a chance in a match against the babyface president of WWE Flair. 
A little comparison in terms of crowd here for WWE show how badly things went after this. Nearly 16,000 ago at Super Bowl 10, they failed to sell out the Cow Palace in San Francisco. Well, the idea of WWF not selling out the same time was ludicrous. And the buy rate for Super Bowl 10, that's a 0.10. And no, that's not a typo. That is really 0.10. And that's how badly WCW killed its own business during 1999. I don't have every pay-per-view from 99, but I have a fair cost section of them. Amazing stuff to watch a billion-dollar company just construct. Well, we're in Oakland, California. Hosts of Tony Schiavone, Mike Tanay, and Bobby Heenan. Tanay points out that Flair is dedicating tonight's match to his family. Keep that in mind. We get a look at the Tag Team Tournament final. It's been a double elimination. Chavo turned heel during this. We get a very short from uh, promo from Dean Malenko. But let's explain the Tag Team Tourney, then. Well, there was one attempt at this tournament that the NWO ruined by interfering in matches. And this new and improved tournament is a double elimination tournament, as it is here. The top half is the winner's bracket and the bottom half is the loser's bracket. The way it's plotted out is that once someone in the winner's bracket lost, they dropped to the loser's bracket and continued on there until they lost again. (laughs) Oh, well note that gathering some wins in the winner's bracket before dropping to the loser's bracket started that team off higher in the loser's bracket. When there was one team left in each bracket, those teams faced off uh, each other at Super Bowl 9 for one or two matches. If the team from the winner's bracket won the first match of the Super Bowl, they won the titles and the tournament would be over. If not, there would be a second match and if they won that match, they would win the titles and the tournament would be over. And for the team with a loser's bracket to win the titles, they would have to win both matches at Super Bowl to win the tournament. So let's just look at the winner's bracket then. So we had Brian Adams and Horace going against Kidman and Chavo and Adams and Horace won that one. We have the Faces of Fear, that's Meng and Barbarian going against... Dave Fit Finley and Dave Taylor, and they won that one. Uh, the Outsiders, Holland Nash uh, Bob versus Bobby Duncan Jr. and Mike Enos. Duncan and Enos got that. And then we had Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko going against Kurt Henning and Barry Windham, and Windham and Henning won that. And then the uh, winner's bracket continues then, so we go back. And so then Adams and Horace beat the Faces of Fear to advance to the, I guess, semi-finals of the winner's bracket. Yep, and Henning and Wyndham beat Duncan and Enos to advance in a match to go against Adams and Horace. Yeah, and then Henning and Wyndham won that match, so they're the winners of the winning bracket. But then the losers bracket... (laughs) I see this is nice and easy to follow. Well, you had Kidman... Well, you had Kidman and Guerrero going against Finley and Taylor, and Finley and Taylor won that match. And Benoit Malenko versus Hammer and Hayashi, and Benoit Malenko won that one. And then on the next part, because they was winners, but they advanced to the quarters, you had the Faces of Fear going against Duncan and Enos, and Riggs and Enos won that one. Yeah. And then that match with Dean Malenko and Benoit, Benoit Malenko won that to face Adams and Horace, because of course they went furthest in the winner's bracket to drop down to the loser's bracket. And the winner of that was Benoit Malenko, so that's why we're getting this match. But Benoit Malenko have to win twice, whereas uh, Henning and Wyndham only need to win once to win the tag team titles. Also, Raff and Hammer were supposed to face Duncan and Enos in the first round, but Disco Inferno put Hammer out of commission in the back, and Raff no-showed the card. Uh, Hall and Nash took their place and defeated Duncan and Enos. It was announced a week later that the match was thrown out, and Duncan and Enos advanced over Raff and Hammer. 
Raf would then be placed by Kaz Hayashi in the tournament. And on the uh, 15th of uh, February, Bobby Duncan was not at the car due to personal reasons. At that point, Scotty Riggs replaced him in the tournament match against Dan Malenko. So let's get the action underway, Len. And Disco Inferno's coming out. It's Disco Fever! Disco Fever! Disco Fever! Yeah, 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 yeah! Now with it. Okay. Uh, going against Booker T. I'm hoping, Dan, I'm wishing it's going to be good action here tonight. Uh, we've just had a look through the card and, you know, we're wondering what to expect. And we're going to start off with Disco Inferno. Can you both back, Dan? What are your thoughts on the Disco dude? I think it's just a show of WCW's decline, how they've got some dancing idiot that isn't Alex Wright, the NWO uh, Wolfpack. Yeah, I'm disgusted that Alex Wright is not used more prominently here. The true big papa pump of WCW. Uh, but we're going to see here tonight Disco, who incredibly is part of the Wolfpack, even though people like Conan, who I hate Conan, is not Disco's in. He's kind of like the whipping boy of the Wolfpack at the moment. But of course, you've got the NWO Black and White still at large. And you've got a main event here tonight, Hogan and Flair, that of course we've seen since 1994 every single year. So, I mean, much to look forward to, but going against the Disco Man is, of course, Booker T, someone who I desperately wanted to break out of mid-card. We saw what happened on Thunder last Thursday, didn't we? With Booker and Stevie arguing with Disco, which led to this match. Booker grabbing Disco around the throat. Well, Booker won't let anything bad happen to Stevie, and Booker T does want to join the NWO. So we had this match here, Booker T going against Disco Inferno, or Disco Fever, or Disco Twat. Or we could have had Gold Dust going against Blue Dust. Well, I mean, yeah, to be fair, that's a good comparison, actually. We've just seen St. Valentine's Day masculine two main events for that. And we talk about Blue Dust and Gold Dust. I mean, that is very confusing in the match in itself. We weren't sure what's going on. This match was made on Thunder. But funnily enough... Booker T teams up with Goldust eventually. I know, that crazy, yeah. What happens, I mean, Booker coming out, great in-ring talent. TV champion kind of got wasted. Looks to make his way out, but the fans definitely behind him as well. Indeed, yeah. But Disco seems quite confident as well. You know, you get confidence as you're a part of the wolf pack. But just as I say that, Booker goes towards Disco and he cows off. There's no doubt Disco's not in bad shape. And the cat's not too bad. I just don't know why I dislike him so much, you know? Because he has no talent in ring. You could be as jacked as you like, but part of it, yeah. as long as you can't hold a match together, it's a bit ridiculous. And only in the corner of Booker. And here we go. We're going to start off. But Disco, see what fans he's got in the house. As he throws up the Wolfpack symbol. But the crowd are into it and we're ready for action now. We're finally going to see a tie-up. There we go. Collar and over tie-up and Disco... Gets the advantage, but Booker managed to push him away. Goes down low, jumps over the top, and an arm drag takedown from Booker. Well, he's marking one for the bookman. And a huge Disco sucks chant. Well, would you say at this time in 1999, Disco is well and truly dead? Well, at this point, he's part of the Wolfpack. He's probably never been more relevant, you know. Booker's got the side headlock. Disco managed to push him away. A responsive shoulder block with such force that nearly knocks Booker down. It's weird, you know, if you start off maybe a Cruiserweight title match or something involved there, and that's kind of gone away. And all we've had recently are single matches like we're having right now, but we have got the tag team tournament coming up a bit later on. But it's nice to have a little bit of variety. I think that's what made WWE so different originally. And Disco just hits a net breaker. I think he's surprised he's got some offence. Well, Booker T's thinking, yep, yeah, you know, you got one back. You know, you might be a Disco man, but I do like to break dance. There's a too much feeling about and fanning about in this match. It's Disco, like I said, it's his limitations. Yeah. The problem is you can't just go in there straight away and have just have a great match. 
Because you've got work out over, you've got to take your time. And that's what disco infuriates me, just how, how and boring. You know, you want to get paid for you, want to, you want to grab it around your, you know, you want to grab it around the neck. Well, especially, you know, with the first match, you know, you want to get people gripped in. Mm. And you can kind of see why that's, that's why WCW was originally going for cruiserweight mm. matches to start off the tournament, no, uh, or to start off the pay-per-view. And, you know, and I know WWF had Goldust and Blue Meanie at this point, but that product was so hot, it didn't need it with WCW's arrogance. And WWF realised it as well, that like they couldn't keep having those matches. They had to change it once the talent came in. And you lift time two years. WWE didn't start off with those fucking tight matches for much longer, whereas WCW seemed to, to do that. There is that, yeah. And, you know, you've kind of got a good talent in Booker T, and he's going against Disco. And then later along the line, you're going to have fucking Benoit going up against Kerr Hennig and, yeah. you know, his partner. And it's like, well... You know, you've got a good talent and then you pair them off with a shit talent, hopefully trying to get something good, but it kind of backfires because it makes it look even worse. And again, it meaningless matches, uh, you know, no rivalry to this one, really, being put on the pay-per-view where they could have made you something else. It's not like they've got three hours on a Monday and then two hours on a Wednesday to, to make something happen, you know. It, it seems ridiculous that you could have throwaway matches. They should be focusing on the storylines now, making people want to watch it, much like in WF, even if it's someone like Gilbert, at least he's still involved in the kind of storyline, as it were, you know what I mean, which is crazy to think. Whereas Booker had just been waiting for kind of to be involved next time round. And if you look back at the past couple of years, has WWE pay-per-views really changed that much? You know, yeah, maybe the setting got a little bit more grander. But again, you know, in-ring talent, it's not really changed. The main event scene's just kind of changed around the people. But you can hold them in the best stadium with the best fucking setting. And as long as what's in the ring doesn't deliver or delivers, then, you know, it's the kind of the deciding factor with things. Booker, now look at the kick disco. Disco does dodge it. Is it me or is Disco Inferno getting far too much offense in this match? He's been in, I would say he's been in control the majority of it. As he bounces Booker's head off the steel steps on the outside. I mean, it's not mind going for comedy cats, but if you're going to go for, like, kind of. You can be serious in comedy, but if you are just a comedy character, then you can't then become serious. It's like Santino. You can't take him as a serious threat, but yet you could take Kurt Angle serious when he was funny. Yeah, because he's backed it up previously. Yeah. Like Norman Smiley, I don't mind Norman Smiley. He makes me laugh because even it's like Norman Smiley, oh, sorry Norman Smiley, even because he's like, uh, even though he's been in random pay per view matches, he, he he's still quite a good technical wrestler, and yet he uses a bit of comedy into it, which you know is good. And now book a fight back with Disco, with Disco managing to get back with a thumb to the eye, and the referee's just letting pretty much everything go. As they have been in WCW. Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice if they explained they were doing it, but it just makes the officials look like idiots. But Booker T now spinning back kick on Disco. Hits the axe kick. Are we going to see a spinner Rooney? No, no, Booker T's going to take his time. Irish rip reversed by Disco. Oh, inverted atomic drop. So after getting hit with an axe kick, Disco is back in control. Yeah. Well, Booker T's finished at the start. I think it's a missile drop kick off the top, which he will switch out. But he does like using a spine buster. Oh, that's like the Alabama spine, spine buster. <laughs> he admits he said it wrong. He's apologising to yeah. us. <clears throat> we'll go for a kickback. Disco with a clothesline. Turns Booker inside out. Well, Booker's trying, bless him. And Disco doesn't even sell. And now Disco waiting for Booker to get up. And he's going to look for it. Look for the chart buster, but reversed into a back suplex. And Booker T spin a Rooney in his way up to his feet. 
Hits the Harlem sidekick. Is he going to go up for the Harlem hangover? Or is he just going to go for the missile dropkick? It looks like Disco's <laughs> moving already. So it might be dropkick time. Well, we're surprised Disco's stopping it. I was about to say, yeah, look how quick that was. Oh, my God. And I thought no one could be worse than Buddy Murphy at selling. Leave Buddy Murphy but alone. Disco is up there. Well, Buddy Murphy's like Booker T, future Hall of Famer. <laughs> Disco thrown off the top low. He's in position. Harlem hangover. One, two, three. Yeah, Booker T beats Disco Inferno. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? Disco is absolutely fucking useless. Uh, you know, Booker T is completely wasted. Going against shit like him. Uh, he clearly deserves better. And you can definitely see that WCW is on its decline if they're teaming up, you know, good talent with awful talent. Yeah, but at least uh, Booker T won. So, I mean, that's got to be a positive there. He does get you to show off uh, happily for the uh, for the fans. And it wasn't an awful match. At least it gets the show started. It does, yes. That's if I've got any viewers left. Well, it looks like Chris Jericho is coming out next. And he's had his problems with Perry Saturn. It's a return dress match, Dan. Well, and you thought... Judy Bagwell on a pole match was ridiculous. No, we've got a return dress match. Well, Jericho beat Saturn at the last pay-per-view for Saturn to wear a dress, but he seemed to like it, and now it's uh, his chance to inflict that on Jericho. Jericho's cocky's ever coming out of Ralphus. He's looked beautiful tonight, and Jericho ready for action. Well, Ralphus is in a dress of his own, but not only a dress, he's got the cardigan and the earrings as well, and he looks quite convincing. As well, a lady man. We should mention Scott Dickinson is there as well, a referee who's not seen eye to eye with Perry Saturn in recent times. And Scott Dickinson is the referee here tonight. His 30 day suspension is up. That's good then. So there'll be no shenanigans here. They won't be in cahoots. Here comes Jericho, cocky as ever. Even after losing, he's still showing his confidence here. Going to get Saturn. Sorry, go So, Grandad, I hear you had a part in WCW. <laughs> what was it? Well, I wore a dress for a pay-per-view and I was Jericho's personal security. <laughs> well, Ralph has been around a little while now. I'm going to have a little bit of success in WCW. Bless me. Thanks to Norman Smiley. So, we will uh, see that as well. As to Jericho, he must be getting frustrated here in his role. I think it being used in Saturn. Another guy who was kind of the breakout star of Raven's Flock. Do you remember Raven's Flock and what happened there? What happened to Saturn, you know? Indeed, yes. Uh, well, Raven seems to be on like a depressive <laughs> streak and Saturn's wearing a dress. Yeah, and I think the only one doing it, making a name for himself is Billy Kidman. But Jericho's out here now looking to get pay Saturn. Well, it was part of a head-to-head. I'm going to go back, keep glancing at the Valentine's Day Massacre matches and we've got... Either Bob Holly going against Al Snow for the vacant Hardcore Championship, or would you rather see Chris Jericho versus Perry Saturn? I think this match trumps it. I but he went into they had the Hardcore match. You know, I mean, how many times did they go into the river? I mean, it was fun. You know, uh, I'll, I'll wait to hold my judgment. I mean, this, like you said, on paper, this match most definitely. I think it shows it's still quite strong with Perry Saturn and Jericho. But I think storyline wise, it's just a bit. <coughs> they're both quite silly at the moment. Well. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, it, is it Chris Jericho versus Saturn or is it Chris Jericho versus a man wearing a dress? Well, this is the thing, but I tell you what, Saturn wears that dress well. 
And uh, not, that's funny. No, no, it's weirdly no. Ralph looks does look gorgeous, <laughs> but Saturn, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I'm just saying it suits him more. <laughs> Saturn is here, and he's going to be in action with Jericho. And uh, this should be an interesting one. I just one. hope Saturn's got panties on underneath it. Well, we'll check see. I mean, Saturn's definitely got eyeliner on, which brings out his eyes. Uh, and with Scott Dickinson, Bruce Dickinson, Scott Dickinson's going to be a referee here. Well, Jericho's getting the microphone. Yeah, nice one, Jericho. You nailed it. Well, Jericho telling Saturn he looks ridiculous. Well, Jericho embarrassing Saturn, calling him a real idiot. Well, Jericho's telling Saturn to take the dress off because he looks like an idiot. Isn't Jericho the reason why Saturn is wearing that dress and has to wear that dress? No, I think he only had to wear it for one night after Nitro, or week, and Saturn oh. chose, as a statement, to wear it for a few weeks longer. And I think that's thrown Jericho a little bit because Saturn's not back down, but after being berated and embarrassed by Jericho just then, Saturn's come out of the gate strong. And again, he's a great worker. Might not be all up there in the head, you know, especially after what we've seen from Saturn. But uh, I still think a really good, strong worker and could have done a lot more in WCW, you know. You can you can feel his frustration as well in the company. Well, you can sense there is a lot of tensions in the company. And, you know, this... Could you... You know, could you compare this to how WWE are feeling now that AEW is about? Because, you know, it's... WWE have stockpiled a lot of talent and they've got a lot of relatively old faces here. And then you've got a new kid on the block. I'm not saying that, you know, in this circumstance here with WCW, that WWE are a new kid on the block, but, uh, or, you know, the old kid on the block, but it's... Yeah, but I think what the major difference will be is I think WWE will learn from from that from WWE's mistakes at that point and say we can't continue pushing the same talent and thinking uh, it's if it's going to stay the same uh, like they did in WWE because there's other younger talent like there is in WWE at this time who go fuck it look at what the giant did Paul White he's over in WF now and he's inserted himself right into the main event picture and it's probably Saturn and Jericho excellent examples of guys who do jump ship to W. WWF 12 months we were looking get at it get rewarded heavily for it exactly and, uh, and look at the way they got used as well and you know all throughout the card these younger talents that WWE had and could have used and they decided to, to discard them people who used people like Flair and Hogan and I think with WWE now they, they realise they can't rely on people like John Cena and Randy Orton they have to build for the generation for the, you know for the future and hopefully that's what they do by putting the title on Drew McIntyre and now Saturn Suplex and Jericho Saturn's been in control, took Jericho into the fans, took him around ringside, back in the ring. Yes, but wouldn't like putting the title on Drew McIntyre be the equivalent to put it on David Arquette in WCW? But anyway, Jericho, Irish Ripley, Saturn... You don't have to be so mean. Jericho, you know, Irish... You you really shh, are. No, you are meanie. The match has started. You've upset The me. match has yeah, started. I can't believe you said that. The match has started. It's not like Jinder Mahal beating around Yorton, is it? Well, at least Randy Orton's held a title to be beaten for. Well, Rue McIntyre held the NXT title. Oh, wow. He used the wrong thing. Wow, Bo Dallas has held a fucking title, for fuck's sake. And he's held the Intercontinental title. Yeah. And tag team title. Yeah. Yes, but the match has started. And Saturn's taking Jericho to the outside, taking him out with a dive to the outside. And now he's got Ralph, he's frozen back in. And oh, my God. And the gorgeous... Oh, oh my... He's naked! He must have spent at least 50p on that dress. At least one pound. And look at this, he's covering up his unmentionables. Oh my god, it's all hanging out. Oh my god, he's got a massive alty. And Jericho dropped it from behind. That's gruesome, Dan. Oh, he's touching it. Give us some muh. Sat in all sorts of trouble. 
Oh my god, Ralphus! Someone covering up. And now Jericho's got Saturn. Oh, delayed vertical suplex. And a distraction with Ralphus getting his dress ripped off has kind of proved for Jericho. Goes for his cocky cover, gets his leg caught by Saturn, who just bounces Jericho's face off the mat. Oh, but poke to the eye. Oh, classic poke to the eye. And Jericho getting it up. Now a forearm shot. Now Jericho going up. Oh, drop kick off the top, taking out Saturn. I suppose with this match, you know, it is something different. It's, you know, Saturn in a dress, but on WCW, the match that's kind of going up against this would have been the hardcore title, and it's something new that WWE are trying. Yeah, without a doubt, you know. I think this match could have conceivably been for the TV or US Championship. You know, what what harm is that? Scott Stein's really getting exposure. You know, DDP's already over. I understand the title and stuff like this. But, you know, that can maybe be used as a reason why these two men are feuding. I, I like it because, you know, they're, they're a rivalry. But these two men, I think, deserve a little bit more, you know, run at the championship. I think that could have been a lot of fun. And now Jerko up to the top. He wants to put Saturn away. And oh. a corkscrew splash by Jerko missed. Saturn gets his way back into this match. Catches Jerko over, kick to the ribs. And now picking Jerko up, just slams him down. Now Saturn jumping up as he pulls his dress down frog splash doesn't go for a cover though he wants to punish Jericho some more and he's going to get the rings of Saturn and that eyeliner is making his eyes pop and he really is he's calling for it but Jericho rolls him up oh foot on the top rope but only gets a two count two Irish whip by Jericho follows it up but gets uh, but Saturn moves he headbutts the top I was about to say did the referee notice that but He's been a bit unbiased so far as Saturn hits Jericho in the face. And now he's got his dress. Oh, my God. Puts over Jericho's head as he punches him in the face. He's getting the ten punches. But Jericho, they managed to get out of it. Trying to turn it round for the uh, walls of Jericho, but gets rolled up. But Saturn only getting a two count. Two. Jericho goes for the clothesline. Dodge, again, kick to the midsection. And now Saturn picking up Jericho. Oh, he manages to escape. Release German. Now Jericho's unsuccessful earlier. Looking to go to the top again. But Saturn looks to be recovering a bit quicker. Cuts off Jericho. And Saturn thrown off and Jericho going up. Flying crossbody. Saturn rolls through. Locks in the rings of Saturn. And he's got Jericho. Jericho goes nowhere to go. He can't tap out that bottom rope. And he's got his foot on the bottom rope. And he has to break it. And Saturn's not happy, but now he's in a position to put Jericho away. Oh my god, Falcon Arrow. Or a combination suplex, as they call it. Looking for the springboard moonsault. Jericho moves out of the way. Hits the light. Salt. One, two. Oh, oh, no, only a two count. Two. And Jericho getting frustrated. Slapping Saturn around the face. Have we got an update on Ralphus? I think Ralphus is still down. I've not seen him move, but Saturn turning Jericho into the Death Valley driver. Jericho getting out, missing a spinning heel kick. Gets caught up in a Death Valley driver. Saturn hits it, and it is over if he goes for the cover. He doesn't want to finish it with a pinfall. He wants to make Jericho pay. And now the referee's getting in his face, and Saturn's got hold of the ref. Death Valley driver to the ref. Rings of Saturn, but who's it going to get delivered to? I think that's it. I think Saturn's just going to leave. 
He wants to wear this dress. Well, I think he's happy too, and he he got some revenge over the referee. He's been bugging him, and he he took Jericho out, and and Saturn's just walking away. Dan, what are your thoughts? It was quite an entertaining match. Uh, you see, kind of Chris Saturn. Yeah, uh, Chris Saturn. <laughs> Chris Saturn. He's a shit Blackburn player. He is a uh, Perry Saturn. They're getting a bit of comeuppance. Yeah, he may have lost the match, but it looks like he's won the war. Without a doubt, and a really strange ending, but Jericho and Ralphus. But Jericho does get his arm raised in victory, even though he clearly, evidently lost. Hey, look, it's Frey Mysterio and Conan on WSW.com. What would that sound like, Dan? Odale, arriba la raza. I'm getting baldy, baldy. Well, it's a more serious Conan tonight. What would that sound like? Odale, arriba la raza. I'm getting baldy, baldy. Well, we'll see what happens later when they have to go against the Outsiders. But we're going to move on to the next match, and it's Cruiserweight title on the line, and it's Chavito. Chavo Guerrero, Pepe has gone, shredded forever, but he's focused now on that Cruiserweight title. Now, this is a match I am quite excited to say. What does it compare to? We've got Chavo Guerrero versus Kidman for the Cruiserweight Championship. It compares to Big Bossman going against Midian. So this wins again then. So WSW don't look too bad at the moment. At the moment. But match got it wise one. So a bit weird. But we'll see what happens here. So what do you thought of Billy Kidman, the true breakout star of Ravens Flock? Have you been impressed? I think he's been absolutely great. It's um, I think that is the only shining beacon in WCW at the moment is the Cruiserweight division. They have absolute cracking matches on pay-per-views. They don't get enough exposure on like the Nitros or the Thunders. You've been impressed with Kidman. Have you, have you gained any respect from him since, you know, seeing any of the old stuff? I've always had a lot of respect for Kidman and, um, you know, seeing him coming through. I wasn't really a fan of his when he was in the Ravens flock. But since leaving then, it's kind of been like a resurgence for Billy Kidman. And he's certainly gone up in my estimations. It's a bit of a shame, really. He never really made it in WWE. You think if he'd have stayed, if WWE had been a thing, Kidman may be one of those that would have been a success story. You know, he, he, like I said, he was a great worker. And uh, he did have some success in WF. You would argue maybe Chavo had a little bit more than him. So if you look at that, what that means. Chavo was ECW champion. Well, exactly. Chavo was around for a very long time. Eddie Guerrero or not, you know, Chavo still made it. Don't forget he was curbing white before they, uh, Guerrero thing turned him back to Chavo. That gave him a, <coughs> that gave him a few more years. I think he even asked for his release anyway to, to do stuff for Lucha Underground and stuff. So, you know, Chavo's happy with his life at the moment. I'm sure Billy Kidman's okay. <laughs> so it should be a great match. Yes. There we go. Chavo on the attack early. And Kidman so quick to the drop kick, sending Chavo to the outside. Don't get me wrong, Chavo can wrestle with the best of them coming from the Guerrero family, but Kidman's quicker than Hiccup. I say what's very similar to Kidman looking at X Puck over in uh, WF, you know. I know X Puck's been around a little bit longer, but you can see that kind of the look, the kind of smaller man underdog, but the way they sell, the way, you know, their offense is. But, you know, over there, you've, over on WWE, you've got. Uh... X-Pac going against the likes of Kane and Billy Kidman going against Chavo. It's a bit more of an even match-up. Chavo, I, I don't know. I've never been a huge fan of his work ability. I think, you know, he's... Uh, if you're comparing him to the likes of Kidman, Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, Jericho, and that, I think, you know, he's the weaker of them. Yeah, but then again, I think Chavo's a very safe pair of hands. As you say, character-wise, I think Pepe is probably, you know, his maniacal best and all the later stuff. Uh, that uh, Chavo did but I think as a kind of 
it was a safe pair of hands. You know, we lost Guerreros. They were successful. And it was Eddie Guerrero, yeah, but Chava had a lot to do with that and making sure these matches were good. And also, I remember when Roman Mysterio debuted. He debuted against Chava because Chava could know what type of match to give to make Ray look so impressive. So, yeah. Yeah, I will give credit to Chava, but like you said, he's not the most flashy of talents, but what he did in the ring, you know, he, he definitely could uh, deliver from that stuff. Oh, yeah, you know, don't get me wrong. I don't want to cut him off. He, he definitely was a solid worker, but he's... All these other guys, they kind of brought something different to it, whereas Chavo, it's, it seems like he was missing something. Yeah, no, without doubt, and no, I agree with you there. As both men are on the apron. Oh, my God, Chavo pulls Kidman off, hits his face on a barricade. So whose fans are the bigger idiots? Is it WWE's or WCW's? I think WCW's. Even though WWF, you know, recently have got a couple of more morons. I think WCW... Then again, they've, they've calmed down a little bit. You know, imagine when they've just thrown all the shit in the ring, 96 and 97, kind of uncontrollable in that way. And WF's getting a feeling of that sometimes. But it seems to be pretty controlled at the moment. It's all about the excitement for the product as well. If you can't control yourself, you turn yeah. into a bigger dickhead anyway. And these guys at the moment, look, everybody's sitting down, watching the action. Probably won't get off their feet again until... Uh, they see one of the main eventers, supposedly. And that's WSW's fault as well as the crowd, you know? We saw him getting behind Booker T earlier. They do like Kidman. I think if this had started off the card, it might have made a, a bit bigger impact as well. Kidman back up after the submission, but Chave cutting him off. Sending him crashing to the mats below. Well, Chave's been dominating this one. Looks set to go flying. Oh! Oh, flies over the top rope, takes out Kidman. That was impressive from Chave. Chavo throws Kidman in and just puts his knee right down on Kidman's face. So what WCW Cruiserweight would you put to 205 Live in their prime? Well, it, what, in W... I don't know. Ray Mysterio in his prime? No, I mean, obviously awesome. Ray Mysterio, he's kind of had his own thing and he's in WWE already. I so mean, you're talking about someone that hasn't had... So I couldn't have, like, Out My Dragon either. You could have Out My Dragon, but I mean, like, you know, someone who hasn't quite made it in WWE... But, you know, they had a good character. You know, you could have Le Parker or such and so on and so forth. Who would you have? Um, oh. <laughs> I know, you, you throw it at me, but, you know. Kimberly with a cross body and now Chavo versus Yara Trip. Kimberly managing to land on his feet. I think Kidman would be... Or Juice. Hooven to Guerrero. I think Hoovy's a great... That psychosis, another guy with a mask. But again, would they kind of take him seriously? Tilt World Backbreaker by Chavo. I think probably WWE took away the kind of fun and the colour from it. And I think maybe that's what Lucha kind of house party bring on 205 Live at the moment. Would Psychosis and Hoovy in a mask or would it be Hoovy without? The same with Rey Mysterio. Would he at this point get over the way he did because he was so different from everybody else? You know, it's like Jushin Thunder Liger. If he was around in 205 Live now, would Well, he? I think the problem with the Lucha house party is they've kind of diluted the masked wrestler. With Rey Mysterio, it was kind of just him. Um, and, you know, they've got, like, what, four masked wrestlers? But I like that about WCW and its cruiserweight division, that there was a lot of masked guys, and it's looked very colourful. Like, even people now, Super Callow, Lismark Jr., uh, La Parker, are still around, but they're kind of taking the fun away, and every time they kind of push someone, they gave him a his mask, took away everything that's fun. With Mysterio, they're going to do exactly the same thing for him as well. And it's like, no, that's what made you different and fun. You know, that was a, the difference between that and WWF. And now, these guys are kind of saying, I know Kidman's a really special talent. I think he would kind of be one of these guys that could find a lot of success. You know, someone who reminds me a bit, I don't want to say it, like Mr. Frowley right now. You know, that kind of underdog that could have delivered great in-ring action, you know, as Chavo takes Kidman all the way to the top. 
A hurricane run. I rolls him up one, two. Oh, but Kidman managing to kick out. Oh. To be honest, the stuff that Kidman's doing in ring at the moment, it doesn't seem like he'd be able to keep up with today's 205 Live. You know, a majority of the high flyers, especially. Oh, I don't know. I think Kidman could if he lands on his feet there. BK bomb. One, two. No. Oh, no, but Chavo managing to kick out. Oh. And just kind of like phoning it in at the moment now. Is he... I don't know, can can you sense that a lot of these wrestlers can feel the end coming? No, no, not at all. I don't think anybody had an idea you go down. Let's not forget, it's only a year ago that WSW were the number one company in the world. And they, they wouldn't have thought it would have gone to shit so soon. Yes, 99 has not been a great start, but they still wouldn't have thought like, it could have been pissed away as badly as it has. And I think Kidman and Chava, two guys kind of giving it a roll. There's, there's some guys, like you said, are frustrated, but... You know, Kidman and Chava get the chance on pay-per-view. They're probably two guys you probably won't think would get a chance over in WWF. And I think that's why Jericho, Benoit, people like that want to prove WSW wrong and would go to do that. And Chava looking dominant with DDT. But Kidman back to his feet. Hits a bulldog and now he's got Chava in position. Shooting star press. One, two, three. Kidman gets the win here. Dan, what do you think of the match? I think it was a it was a solid match. It was nothing special to write home about. Yeah, there was a couple of over the top rope leaps, but it wasn't anything awe inspiring. You know, nothing that you wouldn't see on two hundred five live midweek. Yeah, but Billy Kidman does retain his cruiserweight championship and looks to move on. And uh, Chavo was a uh, good in defeat, but unfortunately doesn't make it. But up next, the tag team titles were last held by Rick Steiner and Judy Bagwell are going to be on the line here. Kurt Henning and Barry Windham going up against Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, the best two out of three falls match. Well, funnily enough, this match is also going up against the tag team match for the WWF Tag Team Championships. Jeff Jarrett, that's J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T, and Owen Hart going against D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry. And again, I think this wins on paper when you look at the talent of Ben Winko and Henning, even though, yeah, at the moment, might be a little bit past it. Wyndham's kind of, if wrestling historians are out there, you know, they're going to like him, but he hasn't kind of got the look of a, a superstar as it was back then. What do you think wins? Well, personally, I'd take the Benoit Malenko half and put them up against Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart. Yeah, I mean, that would be an interest. But then again, you know, you've, you've got Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning can pull out a performance maybe when well, he Well, I think he's, he's kind of a bit over the hill at mm. this point. You know, he's he's definitely one of these guys that you can see is phoning it in. But, you know, Dean Brown and Mark Henry, Mark Henry would go on to have tremendous success in the WF. You know, stick around for quite a while. Dean Brown, I think he's always he's, he's underrated as well. So, you know, it's an interesting matchup. Well, technically, this is for the tag team titles, but only if Henning and Wyndham win. See, it's double elimination, and they've not lost. Benoit and Malenko have lost once already, and if they win this fall, then we get 30 seconds of rest, then a straight-up title match. There's no more deserving Jarrett in the company than Benoit, Benoit and Malenko, so it should be obvious to regular WCW viewers what is about to happen. Yeah, and you may be wondering about who vacated this to create this tournament. Well, in possession of the belts at the turn of the year were Rick Steiner and Kenny Chaos. Yeah, really. But Rick got injured, thus causing them to forfeit. This is WWE's attempt to resurrect the division, which has been in the toilet since the Outsiders lost the belts. When you think about it, but can Malenko, Benoit, will the young guys get over? Will the horsemen, who can't pick up a victory, get one here now? 
It's been such a confusing tournament we talked about earlier. It makes no sense, apart from the fact is that whoever wins this one is the tag team champions. Are they kind of trying to push the, uh, well, I presume that the four horsemen are the baby faces here. Um, you know, they've had to fight tooth for nail to go through everything, basically, you know, to, to go through the tournament, whereas uh, Wyndham and Henning, they kind of got a bye pretty much to the last match, whereas, you know, these guys had, what, four matches, yeah. three matches? I think without a doubt, but it's just weird because <clears throat> they get one over on the NWO, Henning and Wyndham, but that doesn't make sense when it comes to this because, you know, Henning screwed over the horsemen to join up with the NWO and they haven't had any uh, retribution yet. We saw it happen to Mongo, you know, but and like I said, the old-fashioned wrestlers as it was, and it's horrible to say it, going against a new generation. But does Benoit and Malenko look like stars? Could they have done more with Malenko, do you reckon? I think it's up to yeah. then. Do you know what I mean by that, though? Yeah. Like, well, you know, you kind of look at this, though, and you think, yeah, you know, both these guys are in very good shape. I think Chris Benoit, he kind of gets to the point where he's overly good shape. You know, you can tell he's juiced up. Oh, yeah, with that, he felt he had to compete in Atlanta Giants. But, I mean, at this point in time, did we think, you know, Benoit would go on to become such a, a, a huge talent? You know, he's a reliable ring. But I don't think he's even had a singles championship yet in WCW. If watching this as live, I would say... The Henning and Wyndham are definitely past it. They've got no chance of ever winning a heavyweight championship. As far as Ben Mar and Malenko, I'd say that they'd both go on to have a steady mid-card run and that would probably be the maximum for them. Yeah, you would think... <laughs> yeah, exactly, because if you look right now, Malenko and Benoit, basically the same size, you know, kind of got the similar personalities. I know Benoit's uh, the, the crippler, but Malenko's so entertaining. I mean, you know, even that feud with Jericho was last year when he was in the mask at you know, pretending to be uh, the guy getting the one over. Such emotion. The fans are really behind that. They kind of pissed away all that goodwill they earned with Dean Malenko, you know, kind of writing them off TV again. And Benoit, again, there's a kind of a, a connection to him that is just they're kind of missing out on and putting older guys over. They just shouldn't be. But you yeah. look at like the likes of Wyndham. He doesn't look anything like a wrestler. No, but why not put the outsiders in this match, you know, if it's tag team, and have Kidman and uh, have Mysterio and uh, Conan feuding with, with these two guys. Do you know what I mean? Or, or something like that. Would that be kind of better position? I think it would. Wyndham used to be a great worker back in the day, as you talk about in the 80s, whatever. He's very reliable. But uh, Ric Flair picks him as part of his original Four Horsemen lineup. But like I said, back then, after going to WF and not working, at, working out, comes back in, yeah, he's over the hill. Again, the crowd aren't biting into no. it, are they? You know? Well, to be honest, neither am I. This is a match that has zero interest for me. You know, it's... I'd rather see Malenko versus Benoit. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, don't worry. It doesn't go 20 minutes. But a winning team has to get two falls here. Oh, and a slapping contest between Benoit and Henning. Henning with the knees to Benoit in the midsection, rocking him around. And Henning's been there and done that. Talk about winning championships. Oh, my God. Intercontinental champion. But just chopped there. Sent out of the ring. Wyndham going to check on his partner, helping him up. Well, Benoit still looking for his first championship in WCW. He's only held one title in America, and that being the tag team title in ECW, which only held for a, a cup of coffee. And now Wyndham's got Benoit. Hit him in the midsection, but Benoit turns it and now responds with chops. A knife-edge chops. He must have learnt them from Ric Flair. And now Malenko, Irish whip. Beautiful drop kick to Wyndham's face. Double leg takedown by Malenko. Starts working on Henning, but gets cut off by Wyndham. Oh, Wyndham from behind. 
And now look at the suplex. Di Malenko. Oh, Wyndham, the right hand. You can hear it from here. Absolutely rocking Malenko. It's like Wyndham's turned up and he's not ready for a wrestling match. It's like, yeah, I'm wearing jeans and a vest and my boots. Wyndham throwing Malenko across the ring. Tagging in Henning and, well, they might be boring. <laughs> and now a double clothesline by Henning and Wyndham. They might be boring and you're right. <laughs> yeah, I am right, yeah. But it's effective tag teaming. Keeping Malenko down, isolating from Benoit. A roll up from Malenko. Bridges out. It's called the old cock to the face move, that is. Kurt Henning turns it round with a weird bit of chain wrestling. <clears throat> well, if you can't get a good match from Malenko and Benoit, then you shouldn't fucking bother. Oh, and the hill tactics there from uh, Wyndham. Behind the referee's back, Benoit is distracting the ref. Malenko rolls through, tags in Benoit. He goes back to work on Henning. And Benoit with the Irish whip, and Henning sells Wyndham in now. And the referee not even attempting to get him out. Back body drop. Benoit looks fresh after the tag for Malenko. Backbreaker to Henning. Goes for the cover. One, two. And Wyndham breaks it up. Now Benoit snaps suplex to Henning. Goes for a cover, but only a two count. Two. This is mullet as well. I can't believe it's 1999 and Malenko's still got... Uh, and Benoit's still got a mullet. Benoit is that's so brain damaged that he thinks it's in 1989. And that's not the worst thing about him. <laughs> no. <laughs> Big suplex float over, but Wyndham again breaking it up. Malenko with an offensive move, but Wyndham again breaking it up. Benoit gets a tag in. Double Irish whip. Back elbow takes down Kurt Henning. Oh, Benoit runs through him with a clothesline. Takes Wyndham off, and he makes a signal. He cuts his throat. He's going to go for the flying headbutt. Here he comes off the top. Hits it perfectly. Goes for the cover. One two but Wyndham's in to break it up again and Malenko gets a tag Wyndham's still in Malenko for the cover and Henning's been down for about 20 into the cover one two and Henning two count. managing to kick out after 22 ah uh, 22 and a kick to the midsection sending Henning up on that top rope perched in a very precarious position you know, like Kurt Angle on Raw right now at this time, uh, you know, where is it? February t- 2019. It's very much like Kurt Henning was February t- uh, 1999. Great talent. Don't get me wrong. Fantastic worker. Still tried the same spots they used to. Just couldn't do it anymore. Just Saint wasn't there, you know. Wasn't from lack of trying. It was just their the body couldn't keep up with them. And now Henning on the outside. Malenko grabs him. And a low blow. Referee... And the referee saw it. Referee catches the end of it. Asking Henning. Henning's like, no, it wasn't a low blow. Tags in Wyndham. It didn't happen quickly. The referee fucking saw it. Gut wrench suplex by Wyndham. Goes to the cover, but Benoit breaking it up. Making it even. I bet he gets heavily reprimanded by the referee as well. Malenko gets thrown to the outside. And the Barry Wyndham goading Benoit to bring the ref in. While Kurt Henning... Works over Malenko on the outside or just bounces his head off the barricade, which is something Barry Wyndham could have done without getting Chris Benoit involved in it, but we won't even go there. Wyndham holding Malenko. Oh, my God, just twisting Malenko's neck. Very innovative of him. Well, Henning's tying his hair up. He must mean business. <laughs> Either that or he's going to give him a blowjob. Well, tire <laughs> trip. Malenko stops him. Now he tags in Benoit. And Benoit on the attack. 
Henning falls. He might be susceptible to a pin right now. Oh, my God. Benoit just snots on him. That's not good. It's not nice, but you got to do anything to, to win this match. Irish ship clothesline by Benoit. Well, it's funny how, you know, 20 years ago we got the four horsemen. And it's nowadays we got the four horsemen. Uh, is Bay Windham dead? Yeah, and the two men right now are no longer with us. Benoit, Kurt Henning, of course, uh, Henning in 2002. Benoit, well, infamously in uh, 2007. Malenko's a road agent at the moment in WWE. And, of course, Bay Windham. He's still alive, yeah. He's still going as well. 65. Barry Clinton Windham. 58. 58 years old. Fucking shit. He's only 38 here. Fucking Barry Windham looks rough at 38. Looks almost as rough as you, Dan, as he puts Benoit on that top rope. And he's going to suplex Benoit. Superplex into the cover, too. And Malenko pulled Windham off. Malenko's 38. Malenko, at this point, looks 10 years younger than Barry Windham. They're both the same age, Windham and Malenko. You really wouldn't think it. And now Windham into Kurt's boot. Irish whip. Benoit getting a double suplex. Oh, from Windham and Henning. Henning floats over. One, two. Oh, but Benoit managing to kick out. Oh. Slapmare takedown by Kurt. Oh, my God. And the throwback as well. Rolls him up. One, two. Only a two count. Two. Malenko desperate for that tag, but Henning stopping him at the moment. Wearing Malenko down. Uh, wearing Benoit down. This match is bullshit. This match is bullshit. Windham back in. He's got Benoit on a big back suplex. And that is it. Well, he's saying it's over. Go for the cover. Two. Oh, but Malenko in to break it up. Tags in Kurt Henning. Well, Henning with a shot in the back of the head. He's just got Benoit caught at the moment. And Benoit managing to get some separation. Now both men down. Dean Malenko desperate to get the tag in. But can Benoit get across? Kurt Henning's closer to his corner. Well, Benoit's been beaten down the last five, ten minutes. Henning's in, but now so's Malenko. Wyndham's in, but so's Malenko. He's got the hot tag. Double drop kick. Big right hand to Wyndham. Back body drop. And now shots to Henning. And, and Malenko's on fire, baby. He's on fire. A meeting of the minds. Double knob and knock. Double knob knocker. Double noggin knocker. Ben Wiles in now. He's got Henning in the corner. Irish whip. Roll through for Malenko. And now Malenko. Looking for the Texas Cloverleaf. Can he put Wyndham away? He's got it in, but Henning stops it. And all hell's broken loose here. The referee can't control it at, at this point. Benoit and Henning in the corner. Malenko going to try and go for it again. He's got a minute's time and Henning can't stop it. He taps out. He taps out almost immediately. Well, there we go. It's 1-0 at the moment. Just one. And a 30 seconds rest period. Well, all he needs is another full. Only another half hour left. And Benoit Malenko... Team and Henning's trying to get them to have their rest period. Oh, Wyndham's got the belt in his hands. Malenko can't see it. And he's choking Malenko with that belt. Referee can't see it. He's trying to break up the melee between Benoit and Henning. And Malenko is slowly passing out. The whole of Wyndham's body weight clotheslined. Benoit pulled out the ring. He's still choking his life out of him. Can the referee turn around and see it? One, two, three... They get it, but it's Malenko out in the middle of the ring. What? So the referee disqu- gave a fall to Henning and Wyndham for breaking up that 30-second 
recuperation period, and then that pinfall victory there made them WWE Tag Team Champions. The fans are booing. I'm booing inside. Dan, what are your thoughts? And try not to swear too much. Absolutely fucking farcical. What a pair of cunts and what stupid cunt in booking this fucking twatty shit is. After all that shit, you would think they put the younger guys over, but no, Henning and Wyndham get the job done. And again, this is the problem with WCW. It just doesn't make any sense, you know. I mean, even explain to us what you've just done there, you know. Even if you're getting caught up in the action... So the referee was given a full. It's just, it's just. I just, I can't, I can't believe it. I can't even. But I mean, with the outsiders versus Mysterio and Conan next, I mean, what could go wrong? How much I hate WCW right now. They show a promo video or a video package of uh, Ruddy Piper and Bret Hart, and Piper beating Bret Hart for the United States Championship on Nitro. So of course, our next match is the outsiders versus Rey Mysterio and Conan. <laughs> Uh, why? You know what I mean? Like, have it next to each other so it makes sense. Like, it's pointless just... I know you've got to have the video package on, but have it next to the match. That makes sense. So here we go. Rey Mysterio and Conan coming out here. And i got to say, Conan's impressed me recently. been kicked out of the Wolf Pack, but showing that kind of baby face that I like. And he's kind of... He's had Mysterio, you know, taking him under his wing as it was. But it's going to be a huge match. Luger suffered an injury, so can't participate. Scott Hall has taken his place. I think that makes sense, really, when you think about tag teams in the Wolfpack. But what are your thoughts on the Wolfpack at the moment? Do you think they're strong, Dan? Do you think this is a good feud for them? I think it's gone completely ridiculous. You know, you don't know they're Wolfpack half the time. They're the NWO, black and white the other half. It's What's the point in having two stables that are together, but, you know, completely separate? Yeah, exactly. And it's it's so confusing right now. But Conan's on the mic. And the fans are absolutely loving it. Yeah, I've got to give credit. He is over. Do you know what I mean? There yeah. is a connection there. They do like him. But he's... he was over in the decline of WCW. I'd just like to point that out in your defence. Yeah. Plus, he's a shit worker still. I mean, you know, Mysterio's a real star. And talk about Mysterio maybe not getting a chance. Or maybe people thought when WWE that was his chance. You know, you've got the main event as well at the moment facing off with Nash and Hall. So this would be an interesting matchup. Well, this is kind of uh, Gronin and Rey Mysterio trying to get his foot in the door against the bigger guys. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, can Mysterio hang with the heavyweights? He's probably possibly the best cruiserweight double story we've had, that, especially we've seen in the past couple of years. And now, you know, there's no more he can do there. It's time to step up. Or step out. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, it's interesting that WSW actually giving him a chance in this. It's an interesting matchup. Probably one of those, like I said, I, w- I was looking forward to because it's, it's a bit different. As Scott Hall just pushes Ray, you wonder if this is going to be a pushover for the outsiders or not. So what do you think is the more likely outcome then? You Liz would... to get her head shaved or for Rey Mysterio to get his mask shaved? I, I, I think Rey Mysterio might be in trouble with his mask here tonight. But maybe that was negotiations with Bischoff and said, like, look, you lose your mask and we'll start pushing you. But, so you know, but then you've also got the possibility of could Sting come out and even the odds. You know, you've got Luger in the uh, NWO Wolfpack corner. Sting hasn't really been seen much of and since. You know uh, that kind of well, yeah. No, they, could, they could definitely do that. I mean, that would would be interesting. Or can Mysterio? You know, will we see a bald Liz here tonight? You know, you you never know. You know, Ray could maybe pull us. Well, I've, I've heard through the grapevine that Liz is already bald, How but not she? on her head. 
Well, actually, no, it's the 90s, so she's probably got an Afro muff. Oh, bless her. And Scott Hall, she will be missed. Scott Hall throws Ray, showing his power in the corner. So will Lex Luger. And Ray Mysterio certainly needs to use his speed, and, you know, Conan needs to use his. Uh, his um, he's, he's, he's got to use his uh, determination to have a match. It, indeed. And Scott Hall just powers Ray Mysterio away again. And I think this is my problem again with WCW. Is the main event, the, the higher up the card you go, the more basic the wrestling is. You know, and uh, maybe the heavyweights in WF, yeah, might be kind of similar, but at least they can turn it up a little bit and really bring great matches, you know. It, to be fair, 999, yes, it's entertaining, but the wrestling itself isn't at the highest standard. You know, yeah, we've seen the like, I quit matches and stuff like that, which is standing out. But, but you see, you know, you say that, but they are just typical standard wrestling matches. I mean,. You know, if if you want to compare some great wrestling, you have a look at what's going on in NXT at the moment. You've got the likes of Gagano versus Chompa. You know, any of their three matches that they've had. They've all been mm-hmm. barn burners, Alistair Black, Velveteen Dream. You know, they've all been having great, great matches. And, you know, even on Raw, you've got like the likes of um, Rey Mysterio going against uh, Andrade. And, do you, and I think this thing, you know, Roman Stewart, like you said, 20 years on, still delivering great matches against someone like CN. But I do think the fans, 20 years later, if you look at it as a standpoint, you know, maybe are a little bit spoiled, are expecting great matches, not only at pay-per-views, but week in, week out at Royal Night Show. And that's due to the fact of what happened, you know, back here, with they having to push each other and put on those type of matches, you know. And WWE is quite different here, you know. I mean, we've seen a couple of pointless matches but a couple of tag team matches as well, which is, is good to see, even though, you know, it was the Malenko Benoit match was boring as shit. It's still different as opposed to single matches that we've been seeing. So But you compare it to this was when it was less kid and fan you know, child friendly. It you know, it it was more based on adults and yet the wrestling is worse than what's based on what's the kids. Yeah, without a doubt, yes. I would agree with you there. It is so it's basic, isn't it? You know, yeah. it's what you see when you go to your local show, so to speak. I mean, if you had, like, this kind of attitude now, like, the attitude they've got in the 90s, early 2000s, now, and the wrestling they've got now, I mean, it would be an absolute yeah. performance ever. I mean, without a doubt, you know, and I think this is what fans worry about, you know, they say, oh, wish it was back like it was back then. But, unfortunately, you know, if, if we were to accept it, maybe the product would become better in a weird way. Yeah, well, do you think that's kind of what Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling have got? You know, because... I've seen some Chris Jericho promos and he's dropping the F-bomb and he's, yeah. you know, he's being a bit more edgy. Or do you think that's just unnecessarily swearing? No, I think you, you can have that, you know. I think that's what gives AEW hope if they try something different or, you know, someone else goes that way. There's always going to be people that want that type of kind of edgier product and, and they'll just offer something different as well. I think it'd be good, you know. Well, you know, we could have some woman getting a Tampax out of her drawers and putting it in some other woman's mouth or we could get a woman puking on a man and making him puke himself. Exactly, you know, you never know. I mean, and people doubted puke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They thought the gimmick could never work. Look at it. You're gonna puke. <clears throat> you know, and when Scott Hall puked over Eric Bischoff. Yeah, I know, and it's you know, it's still very popular nowadays and people say no, he won't use. So much vomit was used. Anyway, back to the match and Mysterio showed a little bit of fire against Scott Hall, but Scott Hall caught him and caught him with a terrific fall away slam. 
tagged in the big man Kevin Nash. He just come in, just cocky as ever, picking up Rey Mysterio. I mean, he must have been at least 10 foot in the air. At least 15 foot up in the air. And dropped him down and tagged in Scott Hall. And, and these two cocky men are just dominating Rey. We haven't seen Conan yet, thankfully, but that's not good for Rey. Well, Conan's going to jump in. He's going to, you know, he's going to have the um, hot tag and mm-hmm. he's going to come in on fire, baby. He's going to come on fire. And he's going to clean everyone out. And he's going to get the victory with the Tequila Sunrise. And he's going to shave Liz. But at the moment, Rey Mysterio doesn't look competitive. It's been a bit too easy for the outsiders. Does this work with a cruiserweight showing that he can't compete? Or is it showing a bit of heart and determination for Mysterio? We saw Rey Mysterio, you know, he was quick off the blocks. This, I think it shows a bit of the heart and determination from him because, you know, he's withstanding a beating from guys that are... You know, nearly twice his size. Yeah, without a doubt, at least three times his size. And now Scott Hall's got Rey Mysterio up. Go he manages his to edge. get the tag into Conan after the backslide. It and Conan, Conan comes in on fire, baby. He's cleaning house, taking out both the outsiders. And he's got a vendetta to prove. You know, he was ter- he had his back part of the wolf pack. These two guys, you know, it turned out that they was in cahoots with Hogan. Exactly. And yeah. the black and white. And it, but yeah, that, that's exactly the thing. They replaced Conan with Scott Hall in the Wolfpack, and he is not happy about that. And he's backing up Nash in the corner, uh, backing up Nash out of the ropes. Drop kick eliminates him from the Rumble, sends him over the top rope, and he turns his attentions back to Scott Hall. And Scott Hall's down with a huge right hand, and K Dog certainly is getting bowdy bowdy. The fans absolutely loving this. Have a worried look on her face. She's got her head away from the camera, but you can tell she's. <laughs> you usually Conan gets sent into the ropes, and Nash hits him from behind with a clothesline. He hits him from behind with a club, club, a clubbing blow to the back, and then Scott Hall drops him with a clothesline. And now he just walks by Luger. And the fans are trying to get K Dog back into this one. Rey Mysterio acting like a cheerleader on the outside. Well, Nash, uh, Nash. Conan looks out of this as Nash gets it comes in. Doesn't it look all cattywampus when they've got like the hard cam and the tag teams are on different sides? Yeah, you're used to the the one way of doing it, aren't you? I think yeah. it looks better. What that way? No, the, the the original way. Now Nash got Conan in the corner, getting him in his sights. There was that big back elbow. Gonna bald headed champion is down at the moment. He's trying to get back up. Yeah, I was just thinking of the team. The bald-headed warrior stuck in a corner at the moment. It's clothesline by Scott Hall. Dario's itching for a tag in. He wants to save his mask. I'll tell you what, Robesteer took a lot more punishment than Conan did. I know Conan got hit from behind, but my God, he's getting beaten up now. But that's the thing, you know, unlike some wrestlers of today, he can actually sell when he's been beaten down. Conan fighting out now. He's been stuck in the outside of his corner, but elbows to Nash, big right hands to Hall... Downs Nash, and he seems to be back in this. He's just got to find his corner now. He's a bit dazed and confused. Oh, but instead of going for the tag, Irish whips Scott Hall. Rolls through looking for that clothesline. Hall ducks it, and then both men take each other out. Well, Luger's got something in his feet. He's cast, and he's just passed it to Liz. It meant to be a secret, but we saw it on the camera. And now double tags in. Rey Mysterio's in. Springboards off. Kicks Nash down. Springboard's back in, drops Hall this time. Spinning heel kick takes down Nash. Well, Nash sells it, though. Credit to him. And now, <laughs> that was a cool move. 
Well, Nash was making his way back to his feet. He was on all fours. Rey Mysterio used that as a stepping stone. Oh, that was a very good move as well. Very innovative. Yeah, Conan monkey flipping Rey Mysterio into Nash. And now Rey Mysterio and a Bronco Buster to Scott Hall. Big right hand to the corner by Conan. Irish whip reversed by Nash. Conan, oh, getting his feet tripped from behind by Lugo as the referee's not watching. Well, and he still can't see it. And Lugo sends Conan into those still stairs. Mysterio has got Nash downed. Now he's going to look to springboard. Springboard. Moonsault takes out Nash. Liz is up on... I think Mysterio's knee hit Nash. He might be out. Going for the cover. One. Two. Three. Who would have had it? Liz distracted the ref and Scott Hall has got Mysterio now. Now we're going to see outside his edge. Slams Mysterio down. And Scott Hall pulls Nash onto Mysterio. Uh, Mysterio. <clears throat> or at least you want to get down, Adam. Yeah, let's get down. But I don't understand why the um, weapon was introduced either. Unless that's what took Conan out. Nash beats Mysterio. Looks like Mysterio hasn't got a head at the moment. Well, Kevin, uh, Dan, what do you think of that match? The right team won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course they did. Again, you know, this just goes to further prove the decline of WCW. The thing is, right, is let's give him some credit. You know, Kevin Nash has got all, uh, you know, two over guys. Nash was the world champ. He's the guy that beat Goldberg's streak. And now he's, you know, a couple of months later, he's involved in a match with Mysterio. Has that come down for him? Maybe. Is it pushing Mysterio? I don't know, because the way he was treated in this, it, look, when he got the tag back in from Conan, it was good. But uh, apart from that, I don't know. Did we need this? Did Mysterio really need to lose his mask? It's surprising for me, he lost his mask February 99. It may be a few years sooner. You know, we're going to see a lot of Mysterio without the mask now. Yeah. And, you know, when, he was, when I was introduced to him properly, you know, 2002, you just assume that he's always had it. But right now, referee's saying he's got to take the mask off. Let's see what Ray Mysterio looks like. Well, I'm picturing Kane. <laughs> Kane! It's Kane! Kane! No, what he looked like underneath the mask. But Ray Mysterio, you know, he's a fair sport. He lost yeah. his match, you know, be it under shady circumstances. But he's like, well, you know, yeah. I'm going to take my mask off. And Bischoff is already taking Hooventude's mask and uh, a couple of others is now taking Rey Mysterio's. Can I just point out that nowadays Rey Mysterio is constantly adjusting his mask and it always falls off very easily. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, and it took him about five minutes to get it off. And Mysterio is a young boy. Must be about seven. Are you lost, little boy? <laughs> well, he does look like he's in his very <laughs> early teens. And Kevin Nash is saying, look, put it back on. I didn't realise he was that ugly underneath it. Oh, that is Mysterio. Nash has got his mask. And Cole leaving that. And that is one. That's a story. And again, Dan, another point of WCW completely fucking up. What could have been fantastic? Think how great Rey Mysterio has been for the Cruiserweight division. He, you know, yes, he can go back to the Cruiserweight division and do stuff. But the Rey Mysterio with the mask, which could have sold much more merchandise and been a lot more successful like WWE cashed in on, has now gone forever. And Nash is trying on Mysterio's hair. Uh, well, you would have mask. thought, you know, what? why not put Kevin Nash's hair on the line against the mask? Yeah, that would be or cool. Scott yeah. Hall. Scott Hall have short hair. I mean, what's wrong with that? Yeah. But, you know, I think the fact that they put Liz's hair on the line against it is, you know, it's really unheard of. Yeah. All right, well, never before. Never, never again. again. <laughs> <laughs> There's Kevin Nash 
upside down head on Rey Mysterio's body. That's fucked up. So do you think it was the right move then putting the mask back on Ray when he came to WWE? Yeah, it was an act of genius. And anybody that said they couldn't have done it, you know, WWE proved it wrong by... Think of how successful Rey Mysterio's been in this past So would it have completely years. changed everything if he had come without his mask? I don't think it would have got over. You think about all the cruiserweights that come over. What was special about Mysterio? Yes, it was It was a guy we'd never seen move like that before, but it was a kind of the whole package, just popping up from the fucking floor, coming up the way he did, you know, spinning around with that mask and that character. And, and he was, you know, a, a, a great worker as well. I, I think Mysterio about the mask is Billy Green, or, or some great worker, yeah. but just it's not, it's missing. So. Well, does it change things? Like, you know, you see nowadays he gets his mask pulled off and he hides his face. It's like, well, if you want to see Rey Mysterio without his mask, just go to Super Bowl 9 and onwards of WCW. Yeah, exactly. And this is the thing. This is the fucked up thing. And WWE have kind of made people forget and rewrite their own history. But as the wolf pack of uh, Hall, Luger and Nash walking out, Big Papa Pump, who okay. was the leader in the NWO Black and White, is now popping out. And, of course, he's TV champ. He's going to go against DDP. Yeah. But then, you know, with, with Kane, if you'd have known who was under the mask... You could have said, well, if you want to see Kane without a mask, just have a look at Isaac Yankum or Fake Diesel as Scott Hall lifts... Uh... One of his freaks in, I guess. And she's not leaving much to be desired. And uh, Freakzilla, big pop and pump. Well, I've just, seen, I've just seen what she had for breakfast that she got in the ring. But Scott's starting to threaten him to take any woman that we have. There's nothing we can do. But what is he going to do with that shriveled up penis of his? Do you know what I mean? Like... Unless he injects that, but I, I, you know, it's like, are we really? Well, does it, does it kind of put that men are in control of women, and that if he wants what you've got, he's going to take it regardless? He says, "Well, yeah, that's tantamount. He's going to rape her." Exactly, his five nose mean yes. You know, this is the thing. But how big is Big Papa Pumps? You know, like that's what you got to think well, about. Big Papa Two Pump. Big Papa Two Pump. You know, maybe he needs help. It's weird that he keeps going on. He's obviously got anger issues. You know, that's what we've seen about him. Don't get me wrong, you know, he, is, he looks impressive, but I think too much muscle for a wrestler. And I'm sorry, but, you know, long gone are the days now where you have to look like a bodybuilder. Well, we've seen him, you know, as before mm. he was enhanced. Yes, I would say. We've seen the transformation of Scott Steiner, haven't we? And Scott know? Steiner, he could run about, he could move, he could fly, and now it's... You know, I think Chris Masters is probably the biggest acceptable size. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, you you someone like that, you don't need any bigger. It's weird that we saw Scott Steiner, you know, part of the Steiners. Uh, it was just a couple of years ago that he turned on his brother, Rick. Was it last year he turned on his brother? It took a no, whole year. it was year. a couple of years ago, and then it's taken like about 18 months for them to <laughs> yeah. finally have a match against each other. And so Scott Steiner has, you know, changed. There's no doubt about it. But DDP, you know, 1997 when we were watching it, feuding with uh, Macho Man. And in 98, he's kind of been the people's champion, the great match with Goldberg at Halloween Havoc. But this is a man that didn't get into wrestling until his late 20s. But do you like DDP? I don't, I've never really... Uh, as a worker, you know, as a wrestler, do you think the character? I like? like him, yeah. And I think they completely fucked up with WWE because, like, you know, he was like some sort of pervert fucking stalker. 
And I think they even had a match against Sarah as well, didn't they? Yeah, and, and the thing is as well, is that this story makes more sense because his wife Kimberly is a Nitro girl. We've seen how fit Kimberly is compared to, you know, Sarah. Uh, the thing is, is that Scott Stein has been, you know, talking to her like you talked about earlier, that kind of old... T- oh, we've seen everything that's been going on with it, yeah. actually. Well, we've seen kind of this side of it, you know. We've seen Scott Stein trying to take DDP's wife and say, you know, if I want, I'm going to... Yeah, that's a legitimate thingy, but... You know, if you've got fucking steak at home, why do you want to go out and get an old dirty hamburger? Well, exactly. You know, and Scott... then even fucking Undertaker left her. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But let's you know, let's not forget Scott Steiner has thrown Kimberly out of a moving auto vehicle and then sued her for it. So these are the kind of things we see in the feud with DDP and Scott that Steiner. Is, that is believable, though. Yeah, you but you can, you can. Sorry, go on. Well, he might have strained her wrist pushing her out of the car. <laughs> this is the thing. You know, you got to be got to be careful. DDP lands in the lap of a fat kid as he gets pushed off the apron onto barricade. Yeah. So at the moment, you know, the characters seem right, but when they both went over to WWE, wasn't Scott Steiner a face? Scott Steiner was a face, yeah. Yeah, because I think he made his appearance just before Survivor Series 2002, came out and beat fucking Nowinski and Matt Hardy. Yeah, and said, give me the fucking mic. That was his first words. And Scott Steiner, yeah, because that was kind of like for a couple of years and WWE, you know... They did treat Scott Steiner as a top guy, oh. even in later years. And well, I mentioned, mentioned him. Buff, and he's just come out. I think he was taking a while to get his oil on. <laughs> yeah. Well, DDP, uh, we saw Scott Steiner with a gash above his eye. It looks like DDP's reopened that now. I think Bagwell's out to check. Scott Steiner's running plays with... Uh, well, Buff Bagwell's running plays with Scott Steiner, and DDP don't know which way to look. I mean, WWE at the time must have thought Rick Steiner was a bigger star than Bagwell. Because w- why else would they split a tag team up to basically make a tag team as DDP pushed Charles Robinson away? And we're going to see a double attack, but both men are so slow, in fact, they can't take advantage of this. No. And probably the only babyface in the past couple of years who's outsmarted the NWO has been DDP. You know, we saw that awesome angle we turned on the outsiders when they thought he joined. Oh, and as I say that, no, wait a minute. Robinson saw the hit from behind, but yet done nothing about it, is it? Yeah, I don't get this in wrestling. It's not like Ric Flair's in charge now, you know, of WCW know. could make and things it's right. not like it's many Ric Flair in control of this Exactly, match, like he would talk about and, you know, maybe put things in favour of the baby faces again. But, you know, this is, like I said, this is... Well, Steiner's thrown DDP to the outside and Buff Bagwell's immediately come round and started kicking the shit out of him. Yeah, and Bagwell now is just going to work. And DDP, who loves selling an injury. It's good that his ribs aren't, you know, his, his ribs aren't taped anymore. Well, he is, what, in his 30s now? Yeah, 36, 37. But DDP would have a great 1999. This is just the start of it at the moment. And probably arguably the best shape of his life nowadays, you know, with his DDP yoga. He's helped a lot of people get into it. So, you know, there's silver linings. Does DDP deserve to be in the Hall of Fame then? Yeah. Yeah? I'd say he does, yeah. Especially, you know, despite WCW being on its decline, I think he was a shining beacon that was part of WCW. What about Scott Steiner? Again, I believe he does as well. But apparently isn't the Hall of Fame one's the Heart Foundation. Yeah, the Heart Foundation should be going soon. They rumoured that last week. I think Scott Steiner should, with Rick Steiner, I think the Steiners should go in. Steiner brothers, yeah. You know, and maybe with Scott as, you know, a little bit of success you can talk about. But that's never going to happen because, like we say, he called Stephanie McMahon a cunt about six months ago. And that doesn't mean you're going to come back anytime soon. 
And, you know, the fact that he's still doing bits and pieces in uh, Impact Wrestling as well went over the independent circuit, so. Yeah. I mean, GFW, you know, well, don't want to get rid of this it's, it's probably going to help um, help GFW if they say, yeah, and, f- and WWE Hall of Famer Scott Steiner yeah. is going to be here. Well, they might induct Scott Steiner into the GFW Hall of Fame, you know, that prestigious thing. Alongside, alongside Gal Kim. Yeah, Bubba Ray. Well, Scott Steiner now has had complete control since Buff Bagwell's come out here. And now he's put him in a tree away and just choking him out. Does Buff Bagwell deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? No. No, you're right. And now Scott Steiner is getting the freak on. How many Buff Bagwell matches have we actually seen in this past, what, two years we've been watching <laughs> WCW? Four, maybe. And he's been injured in two of them. So, <laughs> you know, like... He's uh yeah he's he's a weird one. and he's getting paid probably a lot of money as well just to to do not a lot you know. Well, I think most of his allowance does go on baby oil, mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't seem like he's uh he's shy of a tanning bed or two. No, no doubt. I'm sure him and Scott might do uh, might you know go um top and tail on his tanning beds you know. Dual tanning yes. exactly. But Scott Steiner just again it's just so just dull and slow. He's just choking him out in the bottom rope now. It's just like. Of course, Buff Bagwell's Buff, Buff got to get a cheap shot. <clears throat> well, the way this match goes, you would expect DDP to win this one. You would fucking hope so. You know, we've seen, we saw what? We saw Kidman win and we've seen Booker T win. Apart from that, we've had two Hills win last time. You know, we've seen the Outsiders and, and Henning and Wyndham win. So if Scott Steiner wins this one, you've got to fucking think, oh God. But well, then he is part of the NWO. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm worried about. The NWO clean sweep. as Paige fighting out, but oh my word. Belly to belly suplex. Lovely by two. Scott Steiner. Oh, only a two count though. Two. He can't keep Paige down. <coughs> He's arguing with Charles and oh my <laughs> word. Wow, and Paige grabs the tights, completely pulls the back of the chunks of Steiner down <laughs> and we, but we nearly see little Papa Pump my god I just saw his brown eye as he got rolled up 1 minute 47 Mark Dardis no one, 1 hour 47 1 hour 47 minutes 1 hour 47 minutes and you see Papa Pump's Ain't white us. bits <laughs> and the brown bits <laughs> yes. you see his white and brown bits but let's concentrate and on this match we've seen Bagwell slide a chair in on one corner he's gone up to the other corner to distract Charles Robinson oh. as Steiner just cracks the chair across the back of Paige and I forgot Charles Robinson's death huh <laughs> and now he pulls out some cutters well, from why, his pocket why, diamond cutters why does he need to cut the top turbuckle off if Scott Steiner's just about to put the Steiner recliner on well, Paige manages to escape and low blows with the back of his neck and he's exposing the top turnbuckle and he's cutting away to expose the second turnbuckle. Maybe Buff Bagwell doesn't like turnbuckles. Or the pads of turnbuckles. Yeah, turnbuckles he's fine with. He just doesn't like them being, you know, protected. Oh, Charles Robinson saying, what are you doing? Come on. And that's going to be the thing that sends him over. Not attacking DDP. Not hitting him, no. no. Not a chair shot to the back, no. but you you've, t- <laughs> you've done it now. You've, 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 you've t- well, we do know that Charles is in charge of ring <laughs> assembly. It's like, you can hit him as much as you want. I couldn't give a fuck. <laughs> Touch my ring, boy. Yeah. I'm the fucking going to put that back on now, you can't. You just took all the things off. 
And now he's speaking to Charles Robinson because uh, he was outside the ring and Scott went for the cover. Page had recovered and Scott Steiner now. Bo was posing on the edge of the ring. He got closed off from the back of his head, sent over the side. DDP comes flying over, takes him out. Oh, my word. And DDP looks to Irish ship Steiner, but Scotty powering around DDP sends him into the stairs. Well, picks up that steel chair, looking to hit him, but Charles with the save, he's like, look, no one's getting hit with a chair on my watch. And now Scott Steiner is chasing Charles Robinson around the ring. Oh, but Paige had it scouted, clothesline Steiner as he comes round the ring steps. Well, Scott Steiner got caught up there on Charles Robinson, rather than focusing on DDP. And from that shot where the camera was on the ground, it looks so basic as well. Just the grey... Turnbuckle side, not even a proper barricade. We was a huge fan of the WCW setups quite a bit last year. Yeah, I know. And this year, it just it seems nothing. Even the kind of the boarding doesn't stand out. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like. So you're blue. saying like even the ring and the entranceway has given up as <laughs> much as WCW care. wrestlers. But bland. And like yeah, just do it grey. Yeah, whatever. And now Scott Steiner's got DDP up. Frankensteiner. Fucking hell. I can hit One. it. Oh, but Paige managing to kick out. Oh. And Scott Steiner, he's shocked. And I'm shocked they actually hit the move. Irish whip. Paige turns it around to a DDT. And that was nice by Paige and finally getting some separation. Oh, yes, we've got Scott. Paige crawls across for the cover. Oh, but oh. Steiner managing to kick out. Oh. It's not been a bad match, actually. You know, Scott Steiner's been terrible. Not Oh, awful. Oh, well, Paige looking for the cutter. Steiner throws Paige rib first into the turnbuckle, then bounces his head off it. Yeah, and that's the one that Buff Bagwell exposed earlier, coming back into play. And, and deep... that wasn't the only exposure that we've seen tonight. We've seen <laughs> Big Papa Pumps, Big Papa Ringpiece. <laughs> Scott Steiner now. Let's take that second turnbuckle away, and he's going to send DDP right into the back of it. Oh, the bottom of his back. Picks him up, goes for a second time. And the lower back and the shoulder for a second time. Charles Robson not stopping it as Steiner goes again. Three times. Slams him down. That's going to weaken it up for the Steiner recliner. Yeah, and that's what Scott, <coughs> Scott Steiner thinks that now. He thinks it's over. Well, DDP blocked it earlier, but now he's in serious trouble. Well, he's fighting up against it. Well, I think it's going to be inevitable. And he's got it in, and DDP's struggling. Oh, now oh, it's on tight. Wrenching back on Page. Middle of the ring, and he's not hes not tapping out, but he might be passing out. And Page's eyes, and his face has gone purple. And Page is out cold. Scott Steiner wins. Hills win yet again. And then throws Charles Robinson out. Oh, come on. There's no need for that. He's like, yeah, thanks for giving me the victory, but... What do you think of that match? The ending of it is completely fucking screwy. You know, it's... You're supposed to kind of see faces kind of evil. And when the odds are stacked against you, you know, and... It never happens. No, and that's three matches in a row now that the, the hills have gone over, where it really, truly, would have helped the faces more. And Paige, you know, yeah, he didn't tap out. Yeah, that was good. But I honestly thought he was going to hit the diamond cutter and, and get the job done. But 
it made Scott Steiner look strong. But what next? When there's a hill, you know, like Hogan is in the charge, what are they going to do with Scott Steiner? They're going to just move him up now to the, you know, your next championship until, you know, they think he's ready or what? I just, for me, it's too similar to the characters they've already got, like him, Buff Bagwell, you know, Nash Hall, all kind of cocky hills, aren't they? Showing off. And I think we need more like people like DDP. But, I mean, God knows, the NWO won every match they've been on, and they still win. But even in 1999, they are still on the roll. And, oh, my God. I've got a stretcher out for Paige. Well, trainers, referees, referees, trainers, EMTs down. Well, Scott Steiner said, look, fuck you and your gurney. I'm going to flip it over. Gary Gurney. That's Scott Steiner. Gets his title and his sunglasses. Yep, still your TV champion. But the action is going to get even better because up next it's Rowdy Roddy Piper versus Bret Hart for the United States champ. It's WrestleMania 8 all over again. We're backstage with WCW.com and uh, Bam Bam Bigelow's got a plan for Goldberg. Mark Madden would become a WCW commentator in the next couple of years. Well, we see Bam Bam Bigelow and apparently Baron Corbin wants to get a tattoo on his head as well. Because he likes Bamba Bigelow, but that's what he wants to do. I'll so, punch one of his teeth out for him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he can lose to him. He can lose to Gronsky at WrestleMania. So he, he Gronkowski. Be, yeah, he could be just like fucking um, Bam Bam Bigelow, can't he? So Bret Hart can't be here because he's injured legitimately this time. I've got a pull grind. But Scott so can't be here tonight. <laughs> Scott Hall is here instead because seeing him once wasn't enough and. And a man with personal demons, give him two matches at a pay-per-view. Because there's not like over 100 people signed to WWE that possibly could have been given the opportunity. It's all about the Wolfpack. And the NWO have dominated tonight, but I'm sure, surely, Dan. Don't call me Shirley. No, it's Disco. Oh, wait a minute. Disco deserves a chance. Well, we've seen Disco already. Thank fuck he lost. No, he's just out here to hype up Scott Hall. Oh, for a second. Who would you rather see again, Scott Hall or Disco? You had to pick one. <laughs> Going against Piper. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when you say it like that. <laughs> I'd probably have to say Scott Hall. Yeah. Well, that's what we're going to get. The classic that no one asked for. Is he drinking or something, Disco? What? Where is Scott Hall? Finally. My God, why did that take so long? Why is there so many fucking delays on a WWE? He's obviously been drinking. He's obviously finished his match and had a drink. And now he's coming out here to compete against Rowdy Roddy Piper. Well, they must be on something to think that things like this are a good idea. I'm just glad Disco never got signed to the WWF after they bought them. They repackaged him into No Way Jose. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, he was... I don't know if he was champion, but in the early days of NWA, he's got a stupid name like Glenn Gilberti or something like that. Glenn Gilberti, yeah. He's on Twitter. Well, if you're listening, Glenn, I don't like you. And neither does James. <laughs> well, here comes the rowdy one who beat Bret Hart for the United States Championship and way to put over younger talent who deserve a chance. From Glasgow, Scotland. Was he a Celt or was he a Jar? Uh, he's from Canada. Oh, neither then. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, let me get this right. A man, rowdy roddy paper. Hey. Comes down to the ring wearing a kilt right. from Glasgow, Scotland. Yep. He's from Canada. He is Canadian, yes. 
Yes, they, they used to do that a lot where they... So next you you're going to be telling Yokozuna, <laughs> he wasn't a Japanese sumo wrestler. He was actually from Hawaii or fucking, he was Samoan you heritage. See, he was Samoan then. Shut you're up, right. yeah, no, you're you are, right. You're bullshitting me. No, I, 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 I honest, honest to goodness. But Roddy Piper is here, ready for action. Don't get me wrong, I love Roddy Piper. You know, there's, there's not a few wrestlers I love. It's kind of, if I was going to be a wrestler, you know, whatever you want to say it, Roddy Piper would be a guy that I would base my thing on. And the same with like kind of CM Punk, just kind of march to the beat of their own drum. Kind of attitude and the cockiness where he just comes and goes. Yes, he can't wrestle now, you know, for shit. But how important he was back in the day with WrestleMania, how he got, you know, Hogan involved and what he did. You know, Piper is a guy that deserves a tremendous amount of credit uh, for for everything he accomplished. And, you know, even now, looking back 20 years, and how long we've, we've you know, been missing Roddy Piper. I think it's a damn fucking sh- Especially with someone like Scott who's been pissing it away. And it's good that recent times, thanks to people like DDP, he's finally sorting himself out as well, you know. He's turned a tragic tale into a kind of, you know, a feel-good one. Well, you know, Roddy, Roddy Piper, I think he was the first or second person we lost after we started yeah, doing right podcast. Down. And now Roddy Piper taking his T-shirt off. I do, I absolutely do. I love the character of Rowdy Roddy Piper. And Scott Hall throwing it back. You know, and Scott Hall <laughs> is a good character, but gets caught up in a kill. Uh-oh. Scott, <laughs> Scott Hall went too early there. <sighs> oh, Piper was going to ram Scott Hall into the second turnbuckle, but Hall was like, no, I'm going to flip over instead. <laughs> and now Piper picking up by his hair. So the way things are going, this is going to be a Hall victory. Yeah, without a doubt, yeah. Especially as he's got Disco. Yeah, a whole, whole win with disco interference, you would think, as he, Piper is choking out Hall. And, you know, we've seen NWO be dirty, and Piper knows all the tricks. Just when you think you know the answers, he changes the questions. Well, he came here to chew bubblegum and kick some ass, and he's all out of bubblegum. And he's taken out Scott Hall. I actually watched Late Live a couple of months ago. It's it's actually quite a good film. I mean, very 80s, very basic, but very, very good. Late Live, where that comes from. You basically put sunglasses on, you can see that kind of undead underneath your human skin. And Pipe had success first, and that's why, you know, Hogan, weirdly enough, decides to do film, and that kind of made him move to WCW in a way. So it's all thanks to Roddy Piper. And (laughs) takes down Scott Hall and Netbreaker. Well, you know, who can forget the classic films that... Hogan was in Suburban Commando, oh, Mr. Nanny. Oh, wow. What other ones? Uh, Wasn't he in a Rocky film as well? He was in Rocky Three, but that was kind of, yeah, cameo. That, 10 years previously. Thunderlips. That kind of got his name. That's big in the first play of that 83 it came. No, Rocky Three. And now Piper's all there. And oh, he's going to go right hand disco. No. Well, Disco was up on the apron and uh, Piper messed his hair up. Disco went to throw a punch. It was blocked and he was knocked off the ring apron. Scott Hall tried to capitalise on that coming from behind, but Piper had it scouted, inverted atomic drop. And did you know that that move is actually to try and injure the coccyx, not the bull bags? Well, that's interesting. Not the bagpipes. Well, he aimed for 10. And that one again, straight to the coccyx. <sighs> But a poke to the eye from Scott Hall. Two can play that game. Well, Piper can't say anything, so manages to deliver a poke to the eye of his own. I mean, there's a place for it, but it's just not as for United States title match. Do you know what I mean? Like, and maybe a legend versus a younger guy. Like, 
Piper is over, but... Oh, and he uses the fam this time. I mean, you know, I'm glad they're not making a mockery of the United States title now by giving it to some dancing idiot. Yeah, I mean, I've never been a huge fan of the United States Championship as much, but, you know, if you're going to use it as a secondary title, you need to give it to people like, you know, talk about Ben Wiles, Booker T's, yeah, you already grow as you know, have Ray Mysterio maybe go for that. Not not have these guys. Because the problem is with WF product, it feels like it's moving on. You're getting new stars created. You feel if you miss a program, something got happened. Whereas the WCW, you know, if you were not to watch it for six months, tune it back in, it would be the same guys in the main event, the same kind of story. Well, if we were doing year end predictions now, mine would be heavyweight champion Hogan. Mm-hmm. Uh tag team champions, probably the outsiders. Yep. Scott Steiner is either United States or TV. Yeah. And, you know, it wouldn't be... I probably wouldn't be far off. <laughs> well, now Piper wanted to bring Scott Hall on. Well, Scott Hall saying, look, come on, hit me. And both men exchanging big rights and Scott Hall's getting the upper hand. Piper goes low. Referee, did he blink at that point? Or? Uh, I think the referee pretended he didn't see it. Maybe don't hit him so low and... The referee saw that one and pretended he he had gone blind for a second. Again, not great officiating there. Both men down now after low blows. Uh oh, and Scott Hall puts Roddy Piper in a tree of woe. Again. Uh oh. Oh woe. Uh oh. And now Scott Hall deliver a kick to the midsection. That's going to learn him. Piper's stuck, and of course he's had hip surgery recently. Well, not the past couple of years. This goes off of the apron, but for no reason for the interference. But now Scott Hall distracting the ref. Come on, Disco, come round. There you go. Gets involved, choking out Randy Roddy Piper. Don't worry, Piper's going to come back soon. I've never seen a man struggle so much in a true row, to be fair. He's either really selling it or stuck. I think he's really selling it. And uh, he got out of that. Huge right hand by Scott Hall. Oh, my word. Well, James, what are we seeing here? Well, Dan, we are seeing the abdominal stretch made famous by... Wilbur Schneider. Yeah, back in the 1930s. And Scott Hall getting a little bit more leverage there thanks to Disco's hand. The referee comes around, but can't catch it. So now he's going to focus back on the submission. Let's hope nothing happens. Five minutes too late. I don't mind outside of his, but it feels like pantomime too much for me. Oh, look, he's behind you. But if you say it every time... Oh, no, he isn't. Referee does everything. Oh, yes, he is. And again, the referee will count. Catch him this time. Of course he's going to catch him. Kick the hands. Oh, Kick him. Go. Oh. oh, no. But it allows Woody Piper, though. Hit hip toss. And that's about all he can manage because he goes to drop an elbow, but Hall sits up and gets out of the way. Ah, oh, the old pick-up. Yep, stick him on that top turnbuckle. Gently placing him there, but Piper the right hand. Jumps on the back of Hall. Got the sleeper locked in. Well, that's finished. It's job done. Well, the fans might have switched off, but Piper has beaten thousands of men with this move. Literally, Roddy Piper's finisher is the sleeper. (laughs) How boring. (laughs) It's like we see a sleeper nowadays, (laughs) and it's just a rest hold. Oh my god, Disco come! That's one of the most dangerous. Yeah, sleep hold was one of the most dangerous moves like 20 years ago. It's like, oh, no, no, 20 years ago. 40 years ago, you're like, oh my god, he's got sleeper in. Nowadays, yeah, they said. Rest and Disco gets involved for no reason. And Nash gets involved as well. 
And Piper finally kicks the right rope. Crotches Nash, but Scott Hall from behind. Hits Piper. Oh, now Scott Hall with a cover. He's got foot on the ropes. Two, three. A new United States champion, thanks to outside interference, with Scott Hall winning. And they've got the World TV Championship, the United States title. Tag team. Tag team. The Windham not part of the NWO. Uh, but they've got the World Heavyweight Championship as well. NWO won every match they've been on. Dan, what are your thoughts on this match? Well, it is it is moments like these that I, I struggle to see how you lost the ratings wars. I mean, you know, it, it is just absolute perfect. You know, you push the stable of guys that have been together for three years have gone stale. And, you know, how can they not be winning the wars? I, I don't know how Scott Hall's got a microphone. Says, hey, y'all. He said tell, not show. He asked the referee to tell us who the new champ is. And Piper's got the belt. He doesn't seem to understand what happened. Is Piper going to give the belt back? We'll give the belt over to Hall. Hall tells him to suck it. And Ronnie Piper was champ for under two weeks. Oh, Piper going to... Oh, just drop the title at Hall's feet. And tells Hall to suck it. Uh, Hall swings the title at Piper. Piper ducks it. And he's got the belt back. Now he's got a tug of war with Disco. Oh, but Disco wins because Nash is off of the apron. And now he gets surrounded by the wolf. Spack. And he's going to come out to help. Oh, my God, he's in trouble. He's going to fight them both. Well, Piper, don't back down. And Piper realises the odds weren't in his favour. Tells him to suck it and walks out. Well, I, I, I don't know. I just don't like it. And the United States champion, but it's just... It's not giving us any hope whatsoever. It's like... Like you said, doing everything wrong. It's not the kind of hills winning it to prolong the story. Like, faces never win. They never prevail over the NWO. No. Two years. I thought it was bullshit, but after watching every single Nitro for the past two years... You'd think like that someone gets retribution over the NWO. But NWO, no matter what happens, I mean, get beaten by Jay Leno and still manage to come out on top. Yes. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's just, it's it's mind-boggling, you know. And let's hope WCW can improve it. Because the next match is the one that we really look forward to as well. And it's Bam Bam Bigelow versus Goldberg. Maybe this is what WCW should be in 1999. So we're finally going to see this match. Even before Starcade, when Bam Bam shockingly jumped from ECW and attacked Goldberg. Interjected himself, even at Starcade coming out during the world title match in Goldberg losing that one thanks to a taser and the question asked tonight can anybody beat Goldberg straight up one on one without any outside interference what do you think of the handling of Goldberg since Starcade and losing the title Dan I think it's completely ridiculous they've completely fucked up a character if they wanted to end his undefeated streak they should have got someone in legitimately to beat it you know it's what do you think is more ridiculous, this streak ending or Oscar streak ending? Well, I think Oscar streak, but if you look back in history to to get rid of Goldberg streak the way they did it 
wasn't a great idea, but it's kind of rebuilding post of the Goldberg and even the handle of him as champion. You had that great who beat Hogan. And can you really pick out any other great moments of a good match against DDP at Halloween Havoc? We mentioned, apart from that, they weren't really used as a main event. It was still kind of other people who were treated more so, you know. And on Nitros, instead of the kind of Steve Austin way of handling the character, sort of, if you're going to use him, you know, have him for like five or ten minutes, but they have him in really important moments, changing outcomes and predictions, you know what I mean? And, 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 and things happen in WF, whereas Goldberg shows up and it's either like a minute or 30 seconds before the end of the show and he comes running out, clears the ring and then it ends or you know or other things with people attacking him you know he kind of or not being around we haven't really seen Goldberg since losing the championship yeah we saw an interview with him but yeah. he, he should have you know if they were going to book him right say right let me do this again then not build up a streak again but kind of you know get a few wins and you know fans are obviously want to see him you know involved make him your number one guy and instead they're Hogan and Flair. You can't think Goldberg's going to win this and then next match is going to be for the world title, is it? You know, it's going, nah. to, it's going to take a while. But again, you know, this could be, right, NWO done him wrong. So we should go through the NWO, take each of them yeah. out. Yeah. But, well, we'll see what happens. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And, and instead, you know, and even they're taking away from his entrance a little bit. Uh, you're not seeing him come backstage, you know, just through the fireworks, which is impressive, but you're kind of not seeing the kind of total package as it was. No, Lex Luger was earlier. <laughs> Unfortunately. But now it's Goldberg, who's ready for action here against Bam Bam. Like I said, a lot of bad blood. This match makes sense, but it would have made more sense if it was for the championship. You could argue put Bam Bam involved in the triple threat match at Starcade. Maybe made it a little bit more interesting. Goldberg doing the Brock Lesnar dance before Brock Lesnar done the Brock Lesnar dance. And Bam Bam at this time has, you know, restored his credibility lost for his WF run. In ECW, he's known for throwing Spike Dudley into crowds, which we've seen on the podcast. You know, so he's quite a tough guy. Still quite an imposing-looking figure. You know, this is quite an interesting matchup. Goldberg's got, obviously, a little bit higher advantage and a strength, but Bam Bam won't back down. Had a series of wars with Taz in ECW. But does Big O deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? I think without doubt. And it's, I'm, I'm just so happy that he's been inducted to the Hall of Fame, you know. I think that's great. It's good news for him. He's been in New York and, of course, from the New Jersey area. It makes perfect sense. And especially when you consider he has main event at the WrestleMania as well. Yeah, most definitely he should be in. So now both men circle each other. The main event here against Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. WrestleMania 11. Goldberg hasn't main event at WrestleMania. No. He's been in more WrestleMania than... Oh, hang on, has he? <coughs> well, Bam Bam shown his power, not backing down, but a shoulder block to Goldberg. Goldberg straight back to his feet. And a slam to Bam Bam. Well, he just scoops him up, slams him down. Is this going to be the end? Is he looking for the spear? No, Bam Bam rolls to the outside. I think he sensed the spear was coming. Quite intelligent by the big man. Aye, big man. Well, this is a good strategy against Goldberg if you're Bam Bam. Take your time. Well, do you think that WCW have taken the flames away from their uh, ring apron and surrounding area because Bam Bam Bigelow's garment is made from said fabrics? <laughs> well, yeah. But Starcade, the event, is actually older than WrestleMania. So if they did that then... And call it the granddaddy of it'd probably sell it a little bit more, do you know what I mean? But again, those two have been what it was, never did. And well, Goldberg looking for the armbar, but bam, bam, Bigelow gets his foot on the bottom rope for the break. And Goldberg just so impressive, he's got so much submission as well. He's only been in uh, wrestling, you know, for the past couple of years. High leaping ability from Goldberg. Sends Bam Bam over the top rope, but he lands on his feet. This isn't the imposing Bam Bam Bigelow that we've seen, though. Well, Bam Bam's a little bit put off by Goldberg, but as he's waiting the outside. 
drags the feet of Goldberg and just drops the elbow to the inside of her thigh. They look like low blows to me. To me. But again, the referees aren't doing anything about this. Maybe Flair says to him, just relax. And the fans are obviously desperate to see Goldberg. It's the mo- most alive they've been all night. Indeed. Well, you know, it's a match that we was both looking forward to as well. I think they might be seeing what we're seeing back then. Yeah, Bam Bam working the leg. Like I said, Bam Bam seems a little bit more subdued, a little bit more uh, laid back in this one. So we've only seen one major player, major player, go from WCW to WWE so far. Bam Bam Bigelow now has got the leg Goldberg seems to be attacking that folks and bring him into the centre of the ring. Don't you mean it. Bam Bam Biggle bro? <laughs> Bam Bam Bigger bro. Bam Bam Bigelow now has got Goldberg just working on that leg. He attacked up on the outside and now he's got in the middle of the ring working it over. He's got the submission in but Goldberg won't give up to that easy. What do you mean Broberg? <laughs> Bam Bam Brogelow versus Bill versus Bro Goldberg. Bro Billberg. <laughs> Sounds like Bro Bro Baggins. <laughs> Bill Bro Bagalow. Bro Bro Bagalow. <laughs> uh, Robbie Broside. <laughs> Nicky Broler. <laughs> Bree Broler. Bro Bella. Daniel Broler. Bro Dallas. <laughs> Under broker. Well, Bam Bam Begler says, Aren't you entertained? Look what I'm doing to your favourite Goldberg. So, James, what is Bam Bam Bigelow's record? Scott Levy? No, that's good. White right, Raven. Scott Piccolo. Scott Charles Bigelow. Hey, don't you? And now Bam Bam's got sleep. Oh, shit. St. Valentine's Day Massacre, you need to go on as well. Well, going up against Elizabeth's hair versus Rey Mysterio mask. That was, of course, the Outsiders versus K-Dog and Rey Mysterio. That was going up against Val Venus with Ryan Shamrock against Ken Shamrock for the WWE Intercontinental Championship with Billy Gunn as special referee. Do you know, I think Conan and Mysterio versus the Outsiders edges that for me on paper. What about you, Dan? I think it edges it, but, you know, with Val Venus going against Ken Shamrock, it has been a very personal storyline and it has... You know, it's there's been a purpose to it as opposed to why Rey Mysterio's mask? What's that got to do with anything? Mm, but what's love got to do with it? Indeed, yes. And the next match? So the next match, Scott Steiner versus DDP, World Television Championship. Steiner versus DDP, and that was going up against the corporation, China and Kane, going against D-Generation X, Triple H and X-Pac in a tag team match. Again, very similar, you know, kind of level... You know, of the card, when you think about it, both matches kind of excite me with that one. On paper, you think DDP Steiner would be good, but I'd probably go with the WWF. What about you? I'd go with the WWF as well, because it kind of keeps you hooked in. You know, it's like, what's going on? What's going on? You know, if if the match result had been differently, and DDP had managed to... Uh, not DDP. Was it DDP? Yeah, DDP. And DDP managed to overcome, then... You know, I would have been, yeah, actually, DDP trumps it. Oh, right, fair play to you. And this match is Goldberg versus Bam Bam Bigelow. United States oh. Championship match. And the US Championship match, that is, that was Scott Hall versus Rowdy Woody Piper, and that's going against Mankind versus The Rock for the WWF Championship in the first ever Last Man Standing match. I think we all know the answer to that one. I'm Bam Bam def- Piper Scott Hall. Definitely going to go oh. Piper Scott Hall for that one. Uh, no, definitely Last Man Standing match. And then Bam Bam versus Goldberg. What's this one going up against? This is going against Stone Cold Steve Austin 
against Mr. McMahon in a steel cage match to determine the number one contender for the WWF Championship at WrestleMania 15. Wow, so I guess the main Hogan remains unpeded. And uh, I'd still rather watch WWE. Who would you pick Austin? Yeah, would you pick Austin or Goldberg? Oh. <laughs> when I say that, that's difficult. But when you see Austin McMahon or Bam Bam versus Goldberg, I'm going to say Austin McMahon for me. I'd say Goldberg versus Bam Bam oh. Bigelow. Because this is the match that stood out to me on the card and it is probably the best match. You know that I'd, I'd rather see. So, well, unfortunately, know. it's been quite boring so far because Bam Bam has just put the sleeper on Goldberg and just worn him down for what seems about four minutes. He's come off the top with a big diving headbutt. Now he looks to go up again and finish old Bill off. Gonna look for maybe a moonsault. No, Goldberg just drags him off. Looks perched, ready to go for the spear. The fans are on their feet. They know what's coming. Oh. But Bam Bam moves out of the way. Goldberg stops in his tracks. Well, he realised what was coming as well. I mean, if he, only if he's got two moves that do work, fucking just use the two moves all the time. Do you know? This is what we've kind of seen at the moment. Bam Bam has just been in control, just drew Goldberg in there. Irish whip to Bam Bam. Goldberg ducks a clothesline, hits the spear. And Dan, after the spear, what happens after the spear? Well, he gets mad, spits on the outside, jacks him up, hammers him down. One, two, three. And the Goldberg path to redemption begins now. Well, let's hope so, you know, because after that, I mean, it wasn't pretty... But was it affected? Does it make Goldberg look strong? He was beaten up by Bam Bam in that one. Hit a couple of spears. But the jackhammer wasn't impressive. But Bam Bam, lifeless body, maybe difficult for Goldberg to pick up. Dan, what are your thoughts on that? It is a good show of redemption from Goldberg, I think. You know, uh, Goldberg's phrase is, you're next. But who is next for Goldberg? It, that is That is one thing that I'd like to say. Well, the problem is, right, is that there's no rhyme or reason. With, I don't want to keep up bringing up Stone Cold Steve Austin and WWF, but the thing is with Austin is there's a goal for where to go, and that's WrestleMania. And Goldberg hasn't got a path at the moment. He, he, if he wants to be champion, there should be stuff set in his way, roll, roadblocks and challenges, but they should know that come this event, you know, he will get a shot at the title. If he can remain undefeated until this event, then he will get his shot and then, you know, they can put that and use it in the storyline as well. Well, you say what's, you know, Goldberg hasn't got any roadblocks, but he has just taken out the only roadblock that he's had in his way. You know, Bam Bam Bigelow has been a thorn in his side for a while and he's managed to eradicate him. He's got him out of the picture now. So Bam Bam Bigelow, you know, in all sense and purposes, he should not be coming back. You know, he should be focusing elsewhere, you know, wherever his attentions may lie. I don't know if he's still got a bit of beef with Kevin Nash or whatever's but going on there. The thing is, it, that's, that's the problem. The Kevin Nash-Scott Hall thing, that should be Goldberg's next target. They've moved on to their own feud with Mysterio and Conan now. They're not really referencing that. You think, well, it should have been, right, beat Nash, uh, beat Hall, beat Nash, and then it's and then again, we've got you no know, main event now. It's Hogan Flair. And, and everybody's expecting Ric Flair to walk out 15-time, you know, world heavyweight champion. We've even got Michael Buffer here for the main event. And Hogan, yet again, is still world champion. I don't know how he does it. He's, it's amazing what Hogan can do. And people say, oh, look what WWE did. Let's not forget, in 2002, when he moved to WWE, 
Vince McMahon made him champion. He beat Triple H a month after Triple H won a mania. That's a brother. You know what I'm saying? That that is the true spectacle. And even in later years, you know, Hogan's a kind of master manipulator. And to go back, did he kill WCW? I don't think he did single-handedly, but he certainly didn't help, you know. No, you know, you can't just solely blame Hulk Hogan. I think it was a mixture of Hogan, Hall and Nash. <laughs> yeah, Hogan, but a lot of factors were involved. Like, so even the production value and the kind of, yeah. uh, the way it was, you know, kind of on the slides a little bit. The fireworks that we get now kind of aren't really as impressive as what we see elsewhere. And you've got to judge it on your nearest competitor. You know how hot the attitude era is at the moment. I mean, the Giants just come in and debuted, you know, we're wondering what's going can, to happen Can you next. hold your voice for a second? Yes, Hogan is coming down to the Wolfpack theme. And he's wearing the Wolfpack t-shirt and he's kind of got the black and white trousers on. Hulk Hogan of the Wolfpack now. He's somehow managed with, again, to manipulate everybody where we look like the NWA was against the Wolfpack, the black and white. He's manoeuvred himself to be the leader and in charge and he's let the black and white continue. Let's talk about it. We don't know who's in charge. It could be Stevie Ray. could be Vincent. could be Brian Adams. I mean, there's a lot of talent there. Indeed. And you see the spray paint with belt as well. And this is the thing with Hogan coming out here to go against Flair, but the champion's coming out first. And Hogan made wrestling. Dan, do you think he actually made help make wrestling? He did up until probably 90th. And then when he came over to WCW, I think, you know, he did help make WCW a bigger brand, but I don't think he made wrestling, you know, past 96. Um, then it's difficult to argue to be put in those positions, positions. Would anybody else in that position have made it? I, I think there could have been, you know. There's something definitely special about Hulk Hogan and Hulk well, So who, who in that time could have legitimately gone across from WWE to WCW? H- Hogan was a big star. In 94... When when Hogan went to WCW, he was the biggest thing. He improved attendances, he improved pay-per-views, he improved buy rates. It didn't really work the following year, but the NWO turn, when he did turn, it was the kind of biggest thing in wrestling at the time. So, you, can't, you know, the NWO did help WCW. It did help him win the ratings war. But the thing is, you can't keep relying on that. You have to change it, you know. You have to bring in new characters and introduce different things, especially when you've been on top for that amount of time. Hogan has been champion now since 1984, so that's 15 years at the time. But how many championships has Hogan actually held? About... 14. 14? 12, 14. I mean, he's got a, a couple of IWGPs. Six and six. Probably, he's won six. Well, five. No, six WWF titles. Six WSW titles. And probably a couple of Japanese ones. I'll say 14. But here comes Ric Flair with all the fireworks. And he's had his problems recently. He's dedicated this match to his family here tonight. So here we go, the battle of the immortals, these two legends face to face. And Hogan's got his fans in attendance, there's no doubt about that. But Flair, right here, is definitely the true favourite. And Colorado Elba Tarp, these two men are starting off and pushed down. And I, I tell you what, these two men did create some good chemistry together. You know, in 1994, if you, if you look at Hogan's debut matches, Flair couldn't have done any more to put Hogan over. And it's weird to think back in uh, 1992, 
two, you know, when uh, Ric Flair was going to go against Hogan at WrestleMania, they'd had a few house show matches. And Vincent Mann has said that, you know, it didn't really click and that's why they didn't go for it. And Flair faced Macho and, of course, Hogan was against um, Sid Vicious. And you can even see it now. You know, it's a shame we missed out at WrestleMania. I think was, even though we did, it see, we did see it too many times in WWE. And it even came back, didn't it? Even after both men moved to WWE in later on in life, they still, you know, interact with each other. Indeed. Um, it's, uh, well, you know, you had Hogan helping Flair win the Royal Rumble in 92. This is the thing, and, and he got booed for for that, and you thought at the time, you know, maybe Hogan was past his best, and he still kind of eke it out. You know, even now, you know, eight years later, he's on top of the rest of the world still. He's having the last laugh. And he's beating up Ric Flair in the corner, and there we go, Ric Flair with a backdrop. That's a surprise, he's falling in front a minute. And Hogan, Irish whip. Big clothesline. Oh, look, Ric Flair falls on his classic flair bump. <laughs> Hogan goes for the cover. Oh, but he's underneath the rope. Very wise. The dirtiest player in the game. I mean, we, we took a crack at, you know, Triple H, Michaels, The Undertaker and Kane about the combined ages. I mean, these two men here combined ages over 100. So, you know, it's just like they were doing 20 years ago as well. At least they're not coming out of retirement now. Well, Ric Flair has been cleared to take bumps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Snapmare takedown. Ric Flair dropping his patented knee drop to the head of Hogan. I mean, I've seen these men wrestle a thousand times. It always is, do you know what I mean? Like when you know when you see a guy, you just you know exactly how they work. But you you say that, and their wrestling is standard and bog standard. You know, it is. They have got standard wrestling moves. But, could you name me two more safer wrestlers? I mean, how many guys have these two actually yeah, injured during wrestling okay, matches over their combined, what, six, 60, 200 years <laughs> experience? <laughs> 400 years. You know, they've had hundreds of thousands of matches exactly. between them. And how, and another great point as well would be, uh, how many injuries have they sustained themselves? They've been on top, like you said, for that amount of time to be able to wrestle for, you know, constantly. See, I know Hogan's had a lot of surgery since then, but, you know, there was a lot of times that these guys would just, you know, keep being on the card. You know, again, I think the surgery that Hogan's had, it's kind of due to age and wear and tear, mm. you know. He's still shredding the gym at, what, 60, 70 years old? Yeah, exactly, at least 80, 90. And he's got the chair and the back of flair. <laughs> And again, an NWO member in a match. So, you know, if we was betting men, no. I think all our chips would be on Hogan to win. You know, he's been allowed to legally use the chair on the back of Flair. It won't be long before we see a couple of members of the NWO, probably the third or fourth appearance from Scott Hall. Yes. And Kevin, uh, Kevin Ash got yeah. come down for the third time. Oh, Disco, Horace, Vincent. But if you're playing the Ric Flair drinking game at home, yes, he is busted wide open. He just hit a Ric Flair chop as well. But he's down in Barry Kay at the moment. Charles Robinson's there. And Hogan just biting away at that cut. But the World Order franchise has actually kicked off big. You know, you've got a couple of Latino-looking fellas there with the LWO t-shirts. You've got a lot of the NWO black and whites, a lot of the NWO red and blacks and red and white and blacks. But I think the problem is, is the fact of what t-shirts are being made. 
you know, with the the WCW lot, I reckon the only T-shirts there or nearby would be the kind of NWO, LWO ones. Whereas, you know, the other wrestling, or maybe a Goldberg one here and there, but you don't see a lot of them, do you? You know, and, and I think if you look at the crowd here, it might be a few NWO ones. Whereas OWF, they're still they're getting more and more merch out now, and more wrestlers yeah. are becoming more well known, so you can have more T-shirts. You know, do you think that's another thing that helps them? You know, a bit of brand recognition. Well, I think without a doubt, you know, most definitely, you know, if the fans are willing to pay for it if it's available. I would have made a T-shirt of Alex Wright's dong. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and sold that. Well, it wouldn't have been a T-shirt; it'd have been more of a you know nightdress and pillowcase. Uh, and Hogan now has got Flair. Flair's gone to the edge. He's gone to the edge. This is crazy by the brick. Oh. Well, he mounts a comeback and uh, hits one hit, one hit on Hogan. Mm. Then he gets hit himself, drops to the mat. Hogan's taking his belt off. And for those keeping count at home, that is the <laughs> second lot of illegal manoeuvres Hogan's yeah. used and gotten away with. Yeah, if you're doing the Hulk Hogan drinking game at home, then he's using the belt right now. And he's just threatened the official. But, and I mean, the current it, wrestling move count is probably about four. Yeah, but if you like this type of shit, uh, sorry, if you like this type of stuff, it's great. You know what I mean? It is entertaining, but unfortunately, you kind well, of want... Flair's made his way to his feet, and he's had enough of Hogan, goes for the leg sweep, <laughs> but Hogan's wildly swatting away with his belt. Wow. Well, this is the main event for WSW, and their next main event for WWF would be Rock versus Austin. So that's where they are at the moment, you know. Oh, Rock versus Austin, a match we've seen a load of times and a match we want to see a load more times. Flair versus Hogan, a match we've seen a load of times and a match we never want to see again. This thing we know now after watching Raw for the past couple of years how much interaction Rock and Austin have had and yet it still feels fresh because we've not seen it on pay-per-view so many times. But, you know, we've seen hints of it as well. Though. You know, we've seen them have a match, was it a couple of years ago? Yeah. It was uh, part of a multi-person tag match. And then, you know, we've seen them kind of come into fruition. We saw The Rock helping Vince McMahon win the Royal Rumble. And that's kind of, you know, you've then you have kind of would have put your bottom dollar on the fact that it's going to be somehow Rock versus Austin yeah, yeah, at yeah. WrestleMania. Well, Ric Flair here with the eye poke, poke and the fans go into that. And a low blow and Hogan's... Moves have been questionable, but Flair has just equaled it out then. Well, he's going to uh, get another bit of one-upmanship. He's got Hogan's belt off of him now. He's going to give him a taste of the NWO weightlifting belt. You know, there's a few things to do. You know, Flair's intensity, the kind of way he carried himself, that crazy look in his eyes. That crazy tear in his eyes as well. That crazy tear, blood, sweat and tears. And the belt buckled right to the face of Hogan. As far as gimmicks go, though, Ric Flair has had a great gimmick. Well, I doubt, and he should thank Nature Boy Buddy Rogers for, for everything, you know, because he did take the gimmick. Yes, he took it on, but it was a character created by someone else, and, and all credit to Flair, you know what I mean? That's great. Yes, and, you know, that's been carried on by lesser wrestlers as well. They, you know, you've got Bobby Roode coming out in uh, robes. You shut your fucking whore mouth. Well, Ric Flair biting away at Hollywood Hogan, and I think Hogan is busted wide open, and here comes a mysterious blonde woman we've been talking about, and we can now reveal, Dan, who is it? Tori Wilson. Tori Wilson is here. The vignettes about Hogan or Flair, I wonder. Well, Flair said he's doing it for his family here tonight, but it's like Tori's coming all the way down. 
Well, that certainly isn't Ric Flair's family. We know that Ric Flair's... Well, he's gyrating for Tory, but slaps not once, not twice, but thrice. And Ric Flair's kind of put them slaps on towards Hogan. There's a back body drop there. So what was the point in her coming down? I don't get it. Well, now, obviously, she's got... It was Ric Flair who, you know, was offering her tickets to come here. Oh, so Ric Flair was cheating on his missus. So the face in this situation... Situation. Yeah, it's not really a family man, actually. Right. So he's doing it for his family, even though he was visibly cheating on his missus and... Well, she was we, slipping into something more I, I cannot confirm or deny that, yeah, the woman uh, you know, was involved with Rick. But we don't know if it was Rick, but she has come out and slapped him, so you would think. So why would she go in the hotel room and be all lovey-dovey with Rick Flair only to slap him? That, I, I don't know, but it is WCW, and uh, Rick Flair's just hit a suplex on Hogan. This could be it. No, Hogan very powerfully kicks out. Uh-huh. Is Hogan busted open? Yeah, but Hogan Flair's got bust? busted open earlier with a bite in from Flair. But so Ch- there's a bit of cross-contamination with blood going Oh, on yeah, there. there's blood everywhere. But I tell you what, Charles Robson just got taken out by the uh, kick out. Uh-huh. Flair landed on old Charles and Hogan had an elbow just for extra effort. So it's another ref bump. Big boot, and you don't think it's time now? No. Well, that's over the leg drop. No, he's decided against it. Well, he wasn't in the right position. Scoop slam. Now he's in the position. The drop the leg. Flair moves out of the way, though. And I think that time picking him up, repositioned him, gave Flair a chance. And Who is this? And here comes a masked man. Well, it looks like he's wearing a Wolfpack t-shirt underneath. I don't know if he's supposed to be able to see that. Well, I tell you what, he's, he looks like one of the goons that were there with Hogan when they were destroying stuff. And I wonder who this man could be, but referee is down. And now Flair has got the figure four on. And here comes the masked man. With a, he's got the cattle prod. Oh, my God. A stunning introduction. And, and Tory slapping this mystery man on the back. Hogan going for the cover two. Three. You can hear the bullshit chants already. The bottles come flying in. Everybody thought Flair was going to do it, but no, Hogan. Yeah, a few people are happy, but a few people are going home. And the NWO win again, Dan. So, yes, if you had NWO in your sweepstake, you won. They won every single match here at the pay-per-view. The masked man helps. So, I guess Tory and the masked man were in cahoots. And that's a mystery man. Oh... So there's a mysterious man. Who is he? The muff. That's <gasps> Ric Flair's son, David. No. Say it ain't so. David Flair. And he's got a Wolfpack t-shirt on. Who would have thunk it? The young... Well, the son... Not the youngest one, he's dead. The son of Ric Flair. And look what he's doing to his old man. Charles Robson with a tear in his eye looking up. Well, we know that Charles Robinson is truly Ric Flair's son. Oh. And not this monstrosity with fucking rosy, rose acre cheeks and a stun gun. So, Tory Wilson, the mystery land. Here comes Kevin Nash again. Hey, Scott Hall. Come, Come on, on Scott. Scott Hall. You've got the title belts as well, haven't you? Scott Hall and Disco and Vincent. Oh, come on. We want them all out and now. And Horace. And Liz. 
Oh, Nash happy, flair there. I mean, my God. My God. Well, they're here. Um, wow. So let's go over it quickly. Let's get, get it get done. Match one, Booker T versus Disco. Three out of five. Basic. Disco was shit. Uh, Jericho versus Saturn. Three and a half. It was a good match. I like that. Free Chavo versus Kidman. Another three out of five. Too fast. Went over too quickly. But a great cruiserweight title match. Number four, Henning Wyndham versus Benoit Malenko. So many problems with that one. Outsiders versus Ray and Conan. Dan, what do you think? Um, a completely stupid idea to have that match the way it was. You know, uh, I, I, I see no rhyme or reason to it. You know, they, they they enter a match just to try and take someone's mask. Yeah, I mean, not bad. I wasn't really sure what I was seeing here. I, I didn't know if it was any good after what we see. Three out of five. CP, four out of five. I thought it was actually good. It's a shame about the end uh, and what happened there with DDP passing out and again, another stretcher being used. Roddy Pipe versus Scott Hall. What? Again, another match. You just like, what? That's yeah. actually what I've put. What? Uh, Brett, uh, Bam Bam Goldberg, three out of five. Basic. Again, waste of Goldberg, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, you know, it's... It... He says it's a waste of Goldberg, but it was a roadblock in his way. He's overcome that, and now he can move on to bigger and better things, hopefully, to lose to the NWO yet again. <laughs> uh, and speaking of the NWO, Hogan beating Flair. Again, if you like that sort of stuff, you know, you, you're going to enjoy it, aren't you? You know, If you don't, you're not. Uh, what was your match of the night? Steiner, DDP. Steiner versus DDP. I think that was probably the better match of the night. And your rating out of 10, please. A six and a half, because I think all the NWO bullshit finishes, it's really, 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 really fucking too old now. Yeah, no, I, I'm going to give it a, a seven, just because, yeah, uh, I mean, I probably would have should have given it a six and a half, but uh, the Steiner DDP match was okay, Bam Bam, Goldberg was all right. Yeah, I mean, it was all right. The problem is, it was a lot better than the Nitros we've seen recently. So I've kind of scored it in that way, you know. But so you're kind of comparing it to itself. Yeah, yeah, I've got to compare it to itself, right? If I compare it to WWE, if, I mean, how would you compare this to St. Valentine's Day Massacre? Well, St. Valentine's Day Massacre, it wasn't the best of cards, but I think it kind of picked up on the main event and, you know, towards the second half of the pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, two main event matches delivered as well. So you know, out of this, out of the Super Bowl pay per view, I would have only taken the Nash, uh, the Steiner versus DDP match, and the Goldberg versus Bam Bam Bigelow match, and I would have thrown the rest away. Yeah, no, that's fair. Well, that was Super Bowl. Next month, our next pay per view that we bring you here on the WNR podcast will be WrestleMania 15, which is one of my favorite WrestleManias of all time. Uh, and let's see what WCW did the next night on Nitro. It's February 22nd, episode 180. Well, Nash has taken over as lead booker. Hence, more vignettes to compete with Raw and supposedly cleaner finishes. And rumour has it... Rumour has it... ...that he and Conan have some real heat because of Luger getting hurt or something. And that is why his push ended. The cat never generated much interest, so that's why he was de-pushed as well. Supposedly feels Bret Hart is past his prime and that he should not be a headliner. That is reason why he lost the US title and why he's not on as much. Time will tell, but if true, I find odd that Hogan is really past his prime and he's main eventing. Oh, and Hall has a US belt and the NW is on top. Also, WSW is no longer booking on the fly and planning things out better and tying up loose ends. That is the theory anyway. 
Well, Ricky Ratchman is hosting Nitro Party, and it is as bad as it sounds. Well, if Conan is on the outs, why show his video? Also, who cares? The guy is absolutely fucking over, and the fans love him. Well, match one is Jerry Flynn versus Mike Enos. Flynn wins. We see Tory talking with David and coaching him on what to say and show Rick who's boss. Gene is with Booker T. He's going to turn it up to. He's going to turn it up in '99. And Disco is the newest recipient of the Hangover, and there will be more. Booker is facing Bret Hart, and the winner will clearly be next in line to face Hall. Booker yells that he will take him down. Vincent is telling Norton that Hogan made him a man. He has it recorded, and he is the man. Norton scoffs at that, but then shakes his hand and leaves. Match two is Bam Bam Bigelow versus Hammer. Not much happened. Uh, some heavy blows and a lot of chin locks. Fans chant for Goldberg. This was a near 10-minute match. Bigelow wins. Wonder who will feud with next. I mean, we talked about it. It's over now. Who would you put Bam Bam with? Just, I don't know, Ralph. There you go. Pick him. Yeah, Ming. Uh, Steiner and Buff are working out and they get a phone number from a hottie. They enter a club and it's a gay bar and Steiner nearly kills some gay dude. Some blonde or girl or blonde, so it could have been DDP, takes the hammer. Goldberg is getting pictures done and Steiner interrupts the shoot and mocks him and that angers Goldberg. Oh, so Steiner's moved on to Goldberg now. Let me cap the Piper match. Shivani actually gushed over all the wrestling moves that Piper did, such as the atomic drop. I shit you not. And match three is Bret Hart versus Booker T. Yeah, and I mean, it's a really technical start, but Bret's experience showing and he's working the leg and he's using all the cheap shots to keep Booker T down. And we've seen this countless times, you know, and we're here on Nitro again, Bret versus Booker. I mean, it's a good match. It's been a great match, actually, between these two. Booker showing he can really compete and he's come back now. Well, I think that just goes to show with the right opponent, Bret can actually work a match. Yeah, and this is the guys that you should be going against, the kind of younger talent and, and you know, having making them seem bigger talents in that way. As Booker now... Oh, catches Brett with a spinning heel kick. And Brett's down. And Booker T had a well, big victory last night against Disco Inferno. Can he put Brett Hart away? Sidewalk slam. Doesn't go for the cover. Goes for the spinner and he makes his way to his feet. And Booker T is going to look to go up. Just hit the spinner and he now might be going for the dropkick, but Brett might be playing possum a little bit. Hello, possums. Makes his way to his feet and just cuts Booker T off as he was perched on the top turnbuckle. Brett looking for a superplex. And now Brett's got Booker. All the way up. Oh. All the way down. And Nitro's got a better look than the pay-per-views have had. You know, I like the cool logo there. The ropes are fancy more into it as well and interested. Even though there is a sign that says watch Raw, which probably doesn't help. But a few tied in your fans in the crowd. Yeah. Ten. Ten. And both men down. And you can see how much Bret Hart's had taken out of him. Hit the offensive move. And he's... Recovery time's the same as Booker, but now Brett to his feet. Looking for the sharpshooter to finish Booker T off. Yeah, and Brett's saying this is the end now. And Booker's close. Oh, he's too close to that rope. Too, too, blah, too close to the ropes. Brett's not breaking it, and he's getting the five count. Oh. Oh, breaks it just before the five. 
And drops all of his weight onto the bottom of the back of Booker T. <laughs> you keep today keeps repeating like thirty seconds after he's like sixth time that's happened. Booker reversing the Irish whip and Brett he goes for the sunset flip. flip. Goes for the cover pin attempt, but Booker T reverses it and gets the free count over Brett. Booker T beats Brett. He sat down on the pin, gets the job done. Booker beats Brett. Fuck me, I'm so actually putting younger talent over. Booker beats Brett in a fantastic effort there. You know, really technical at the start. Booker T shown he can hang with Brett. The the loss for Brett takes nothing away from him at all. And it makes Booker look like a bigger star, you know? So it's WSW how it should be, really. My God. What did you think of the match? I thought it was a very good match. Yeah, a good technical match. And it is what WCW should be doing. I know, like, you know, we mentioned at the start of, like, this episode that Nash is booking and he's kind of taking away the push of Bret Hart. So, you know, it's... I think that's what they should be doing. But... The likes of Hogan should be doing it. Nash and Hall should be doing things like that as well, putting over for Rey Mysterio and so on and so forth. So we see a clip of Tony Schiavone sitting in his living room getting ready for his interview. And match four is Disco Inferno versus Kaz Hayashi. And Disco wants to sing the national anthem and is cut off midway through. Schiavone is already back. He checked the lighting and sound. I really despise him. (laughs) Okay, it's gone for about three or more minutes and it has been back and forth. Disco gets the two count. Two. Disco is talking to him. Kaz fights back, but it's finished with the chart buster. Well, it was a decent bit of battle. was actually hot for this one. Well, now Norton and Adams are conferring in the back. And Jesus, Ricky Ratchman is a tall. Well, here comes Steiner and Buff. DDP is out for a bit. It could be an injury angle to give him some time off. Steiner bringing the girl with leather pants from the crowd in the ring. She's obviously a plant. Hot low. In a dirty way. I quite like that. Uh, he makes fun of Sacramento, calls him white trash. DDP is not coming, he's in the hospital. He gets 30 days with Kim, while DDP is on his back screaming in pain. She'll be on him screaming his name. Fuck yeah! <laughs> Go on, pick that well, up. he's not done and he talks about how he has taken out his brother and DDP and would be Sting if he was around. Tonight he tells Goldberg that he's next and he's going to put him in the hospital. My God, Scott Steiner just called out Goldberg. Well, Jericho comes down with Ralphus wearing a gown, and it looks beautiful, does Ralphus. Uh, Jericho mocks Sam for wanting to wear a dress and hints he's gay. He and Ralphus do not like his dress, and neither do the Jericho-holics. And that's our next match, is Chris Jericho versus Hugh Morris. Isn't that funny? Uh, Satin comes down and rips the dress off Ralphus. Jericho's about to put on the lion tamer. Uh, Jimmy Hart has a chair for Satin, but he's hit instead. Jericho is definitely drivered, and Morris finishes him off. Well, Jericho looked fairly solid here and a bit of angle advancement with Jericho and Saturn. Morris is not happy about Saturn hitting Hart and interfering. Saturn challenges him and they brawl in the ring before being split apart. Well, Barry Wendham and Henning are giggling in the back and celebrating that they are tag champs. Melenko and Benoit blindside them and beat the shit out of them both. They choke out Wyndham and Henning. Well, here comes Nash with Luger and Liz. He's wearing Ray's mask on the top of his head. They watched the tape from last night's match Nash has taken a break on the mat last night and Hall came out and took some shortcuts the NWO has always stood for what is right in this sport Ray went to the committee and insisted on a rematch well Nash apologises and instead of fighting will give him back his mask and then jokes that Liz will not wear it here comes Ray he does not want the mask but a piece of Nash Nash calls what he said a rip off of No Limit Soldiers Master P I think what? He does not want the mask, but he wants a piece of Nash. 
and Nash is willing to kick his ass. So match six is Kevin Nash versus Rey Mysterio. Well, here we go. And Rey means business now. The Nash saying the Mysterio rips off the No Limit Soldiers, whoever the fuck they are. But Nash will give him one. And the rematch. <laughs> so it's going to be Nash versus Mysterio. This should be interesting. And Ray, look at the face. First time we've seen him without his mask. And he's going to go against Big Sexy in this one. And Nash telling Mysterio, bring it on and we'll test his strength to begin with. Do you think Ray Mysterio should be so called because there is no Mysterio so about him? Yeah, he should be called Ray Normal Bloke now. <coughs> Ray No Mysterio. <laughs> Ray, Ray, <coughs> Ray Mask Off. Oh, Nash, mocking Ray Mysterio. Looking for the test of strength and uh, just delivers a big knee to the midsection. So, he, you know, this for you, it's kind of like a new thing. I know you've seen pictures of Ray with his mask off, but this kind of angle, is it possibly a resurgence for Ray Mysterio? Well, we'll have to see how he gets on the match. You just bring ball, taking Nash down with a drop kick. Let's see how competitive he is at the moment, working on the big man. Aye, oh, big man. And the spinning heel kick knocks Nash down. The fans seem to be into it. Oh, here comes Ray. Springboard X-Factor. And Nash backed up into the corner. Here comes Mysterio. Oh, my God. Hits the Bronco Buster. Well, Nash pushes him away, but Mysterio is like... like. Oh, my God. But Nash catches him. Oh, snake eyes. And Mysterio there caught like a javelin. And the turnbuckle was a javelin catcher. And we've seen Nash actually do that to Mysterio before. And now, probably he's saying the biggest man in our sport. Well, in WCW, maybe. Oh, now Ray in all sorts of trouble. And he was legitimately up about nine foot in the air. At least 12 foot up in the air. And Liz looking on. What happened, Liz? You've gone to Luger now. Hogan got inside you. What's happening to the Macho Man? Exactly. We saw Macho once and we've not seen him since. And now Nash is going to look to put Ray Ray away. Bye. <laughs> Uh-oh. Is it jackknife time? Put that in your pipe and smoke it. But Mysterio fighting. Oh. And Nash falls backwards. Ray with a pin. Three oh. count and he gets the victory. <laughs> Albeit a, a moral victory for Rey Mysterio, but a victory nonetheless. Well, Kevin Nash can't believe it. Mysterio beats him. And again, am I tripping or have W the younger guys over in match? I mean, what did you think of that one? I thought that's quite... Not... I thought it was a very innovative way of putting him over. And, you know, it's definitely something that Rey Mysterio <laughs> certainly deserves. Oh, without a doubt, you know, and you can see how great he was. And credit for Nash there. We take the job. Referee one, two, three. Yeah, it did Mysterio has just beaten Kevin Nash? So there we go. Just showed a bit, you know, maybe a bit too cocky. Well, despite the main writer having a problem with him, we see yet another Conan music video. Yeah. Horace is talking to Norton, and Disco is there. Hogan put him in charge, and Norton is befuddled. Well, here comes the tag champs to talk to Gene, and Gene basically tells everybody that they cheated. Hennig ignores that as he is not the guy to tell you so, but he told you so. They beg off a rematch and have other people to face. Henning calls them sore losers and declares themselves the greatest tag team. Now Hogan is telling Norton that he's the man and he needs to take over. The others are Bonzo. Norton concurs. 
Well, the cat comes out to Glacier's music and he is pissed. He wants James Brown's music. He yells at Sonny. He's not going to whip anyone tonight, but wants, wants someone from two weeks ago. Norton comes in as the NWO watches Cat from the back. Norton is about to tell them who is in charge and he hears the cat and gets pissed and heads out to the ring as the cat taunts him. Well, match seven is Cat versus Scott Norton. Norton is predictably killing him. He makes short work of the cat. Well, it was a bit of a squash match and we're kind of used to the cat being a jobber now. Well, Styler does not have the TV belt. Buff tells Buffer that there is only one man who is buff. Buff declares that Goldberg is not here. He has searched your building from top to bottom, and he's not here. Steiner wants to fight someone, and he yells for someone to be a man and get in the ring. He challenges around him to get in the ring. I think he would be a bit scared. Steiner is, Steiner is unstable. Shafani's baffled. Goldberg's music hits. He are stunned. Well, Austin come out. No, unfortunately, just Goldberg. But here we go. <laughs> it's main event time. Goldberg collar and elbow tie-up with Scott Steiner. So the most dangerous man in WCW going up against Goldberg in this one. Not a bad main event, and Goldberg again's moved on now to Scott Steiner. And look well, at Steiner with a four-hours to Goldberg. Do you find it weird that it was kind of Scott Steiner that was calling out Goldberg? Oh, yeah, it's, it makes Scott Steiner look extra tough as well. And he's taken a fight to Goldberg in the early stages. Uh-oh. Is this for the title? Is it just a non-title match? I think it's a non-title match. Goldberg's sent to turnbuckle. But again, being WCW, it could be for the tag team titles for all we know. Uh, indeed, yes. And Scott Steiner, Irish ripping, but Goldberg with a boot up. Punch into the face of Steiner. And we can see the old buff at ringside as well. And we've got to take a commercial. Look at this, like, Gorilla Press Slam. Oh, my God, that is impressive strength by Goldberg. And just drops Steiner face first. And during the most exciting part of the match, there's another, but it shouldn't be another... Break now. And we're going to stay with you until the very end of this match. <laughs> Without a shadow of a doubt, Steiner's backing off, pleading off. So Steiner goes out and then comes back into the ring. <laughs> oh, and Irish rips him into Buff and Buff grabs a leg. A big mistake from Buff as Goldberg takes chase. Oh, but Scott Steiner there gets him on the go around. Well, that's dangerous touching Scott Steiner. Irish ripped to Goldberg into the barricade. And, you know, two younger guys, you would maybe say, in the main event here. Scott Steiner's not been heavyweight champion yet. Been around, you know. Goldberg, again, has been champ, but still so over. Would you say these are maybe the two guys that could be the future of WCW, maybe, you know? Um, I'd argue about Scott Steiner, but I wouldn't argue with Goldberg, no. Well, Steiner, though, he's still fresh in that way, you know, at least with Hogan and... Oh, my God. Well, Scott Steiner with uh, a <laughs> blow. Don't get disqualified. Like Scott Steiner hasn't been, you know, he's been tag team champion with the Steiner. has been around for a little while, but not really had any single success. Now we're kind of seeing it. So I can see why WWE maybe thinks that's a good idea. It's an up, you know, upgrade on Hogan in a way, you know, younger version. I would, yeah, I'd sooner have Steiner than Hogan. I mean, at least Steiner can work oh. <laughs> very limitedly. <laughs> Goldberg got caught there. Uh, Steiner looking for an Irish rip, bounce the rope, and Goldberg goes between the second and top rope and kind of gets caught up there. <laughs> he caught his nose. But Steiner, though, gets frustrated that he can't put Goldberg away. He's telling Buff Bagwell, get up on the apron. I do like his belly to belly suplex. Well, I like his look, you know, in a way. It's just a shame he's a shit wrestler. 
because of the muscle mass. That was it. You know, he's not. But he weren't a bad worker. He just kind of focused more as his look. And again, Buff Bagwell cutting off the turnbuckle pads. He's got a problem with these turnbuckle pads. We know it. As he bounces the ref's head off said turnbuckle pad. Yep. And throws him to the outside. Eliminates him from the Royal Rumble. Irish rip to Steiner. Oh, and Buff Bagwell pulls the turnbuckle pad out of the way just as Goldberg reversed the Irish whip. He eats <laughs> a spear. And what a spear that is by Goldberg. And what happens after the spear then? Buff, Buff Bagwell, Bagwell rolls out the <laughs> ring. <laughs> it just disappears. And I don't think Scott Steiner wants any of that. Oh! And the dog-faced gremlin Rick Steiner comes out. An unlikely ally for Goldberg. We haven't seen Rick since he had to relinquish the titles, but they're being backed off a little bit now because here come the B team. And that's not Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas. It is the NWO B team. Well, it's Horace, Vincent, Stevie and Brian Adams. And Dan, anything I do... I'll do it for you. Oh, wait, no, Stevie's feeding in Vincent. Well, he gets clotheslined by Rick Steiner. Oh, my God. They toss him to the walls. This is not going to be good. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) An assisted spear there. I think Goldberg and Rick Steiner are definitely next in line to be the tag champs. Oh, my God. That's the way it's going to go. Absolutely crazy there. Dan, what do you think of that? I mean, the match is over. What are your thoughts? It was... um refreshing I suppose oh, don't we get to see the end with the... yeah not a bad match uh, I mean again shame there's no real finish to it but yeah, I can't think it shows that Goldberg and Scott Steiner kind of should be the guys look towards the future and hopefully uh, in you know a few months time they'll be contesting for World Heavyweight Championship makes sense I like Rick Steiner coming back that was quite good especially storyline purposes with problems with Scott and Rick and finally has he found a partner in Goldberg are they going to go that way there's so many different things and they can do. But I think Nitro as a whole, with the matches, have been a pleasant surprise. You know, we've seen a great Brett versus Booker T, the Ray versus Nash was a pleasant surprise, and even the kind of the, the ongoing rivalry, or start the rivalry between Stalin and Goldberg's been good. But we're not over yet, because we've got Nitro Girls Swim, so expose. Shivani's acting serious about the interview, David and Tori are making out. David asks if he has a problem and Tony does not and mentions that David's about to arrive in a limo. And here comes a limo. Nash and Hogan are watching from a monitor. It's going fuzzy now and it shows David and Tori sitting together in a chair with some heavy petting and talk about space mounting. Well, Disco's dressed up as a reporter and David claims he is a new and improved space mountain. Nash is dressed as Arn again and he talks about Spot again and he has a beer... He uses a tar iron to open a beer. Hall comes out as Piper and tells the hussy to go back to the street corner. Hogan comes in dressed as Flair and mean by God Gene. And he does a limo riding thing. He talks about Hogan. who talks about controlling wrestling and getting beaten up. He dances all night but still went home like a... Uh, <coughs> he dances all night but still went home a beaten man like 13 other times and losing to the better man, Hogan. He is upset about David joining the NWO and does not know why he is yelling. He talks about his shoes worth three grand and tosses him and takes his shirt off and how Arn drank that much, three grand worth, and Arn has horses and makes neighing noises. He will be mad until he can ride that little filly and feigns his heart hurting and they keep yelling. 
Honestly, absolutely terrible to end it after such a positive episode to have a kind of skit like that that kind of made no sense whatsoever. Well, that's WWE done for February, so let's jump ship to the WF and we are on the road to WrestleMania. <laughs> Well, it's February the 22nd, and it is a landmark episode. It is number 300 for Raw. A video package recaps the Rock winning the WF title in a ladder match against Mankind in last week's show. Michael Cole and Jerry the King Lawler are in the booth, and they're taped from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Vincent Mann comes out to promote tonight's Inferno match between Yantek and Kane. He welcomes Paul White to the ring, who is booked to be the guest referee at WrestleMania. Cole is trying to get White over as a big nasty, so I guess it's good that the big show name was chosen instead. Well, weren't he known as the Big Nasty Bastard for a while? Yeah, a little later on as well, yeah. Well, WWF champion The Rock also comes out, quickly getting into a verbal confrontation with White, telling him to know his role. The man's effort at playing Peacemaker gets nowhere until Mankind marches onto the stage and volunteers to referee the WrestleMania main event, as well as White then proceeds to challenge The Rock to a match which The Rock gladly accepts and says he will put the WF title on the line too. Two. A lot of things to digest there. And you think about, so we're going to see The Rock versus the kind of giant here tonight. And Mankind wants to be in the main event at WrestleMania as well. When we come back from the commercial with the corporation trying to keep The Rock and The Big Show away from each other in the locker room, there are problems there already. And the opening contest and its public enemy defeating Gangrel and Edge with Christian by disqualification when Christian interferes at 1 minute 24. Well, this was the Public Enemy's raw debut, having arrived from WCW. They double team moves and hit Gangrel with a drive-by, but Christian interferes to prevent them from getting a clean win. After the bout, the Brood does a beatdown, and then the Public Enemy are the victims of a bloodbath. Not a very impressive debut, and the announced team's lack of interest in the Public Enemy was a sign that they wouldn't be around very long. Well, the Undertaker has the Acolytes and Minion beat up the Brood after the match in the backstage area because they lost. And we get a number one contenders match for the Intercontinental Championship. And Ken Shamrock wrestles badass Billy Gunn to occasion at 4 minutes 30. Well, Intercontinental Champion Val Venus comes out to do guest commentary for this match, spending most of his time discussing how he used Ryan Shamrock to get the Intercontinental Championship. Shamrock and Gunn put on a decent match, but Venus quickly interjects himself by rolling Gunn into the ring. Shamrock uses that as a pretext to attack Venus, and a three-way brawl eventually leads to this match being called off. This means that we have no number one contender for WrestleMania. The Rock tells Vince McMahon that he's the jewel of the corporation and he will fight Big Show to prove his greatness. Cole highlights WWF Women's Champion Sable's media appearances, especially her appearance on the cover of Playboy. Kevin Kelly interviews her in the ring and Sable puts herself over before inviting her stalker to the ring. The stalker gives her name as Tori and says she admires Sable, but Sable says she is pathetic and needs to get a life. Well, this brings out Luna Vachon, who says that Sable's looks aren't the only reason... This brings out Luna Vachon, who says that Sable's looks are the only reason that she is the women's champion. When Luna and Tori go to leave, Sable clocks in from behind with a women's title. This was supposed to be a heel turn, but the crowd is still largely for Sable as this storyline continues. Well, Vincent Mann tries to get Paul White to back out his match, but White says he is just looking for making an impact and wants to be the figurehead of the corporation. Up next, we get a handicap match with Jeff Jarrett, and that's J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E. 
double T and Owen Hart. Jerry. I do love Mankind. The skits that Mankind gives are brilliant. I could actually just clip all those together and just watch like a whole Raw just featuring Mankind's goofiness. Well, the next match is supposed to be for the WF Championship between The Rock and The Big Show with Mankind and Special Guest Referee. Vince tries to stop the match, but The Rock will have none of it, so McMahon goes to do commentary. About 50 seconds into the match, The Big Show attacks Mankind and The Rock joins in, thereby turning about into a ruse to beat up Mankind. Yes, Dan, they were in cahoots. The beatdown is relatively tame, loads of stories really how the corporation is unified heading into WrestleMania, and that spells trouble for Stone Cold Steve Austin. On to the next match, and it is Steve Blackman, and he pins Droz with a pump kick at th- 3 minutes 12 seconds. And this is Droz's in-ring return from a two-week suspension for beating up Kevin Kelly. Blackman got in the middle of that uh, beating. <coughs> Blackman got in the middle of that beating, and hence these two have had a small feud ever since. Really basic match here with Blackman going over clean. However, Droz gets his heat back afterwards by attacking and choking Blackman with his own martial arts sticks. Well, the Undertaker is backstage and he warns Vincent Mann that he will have bigger problems with he and his ministry than Steve Austin. He says that an Inferno match will not get rid of him and he promises a surprise for McMahon tonight. We get a non-title match. Goldust defeats Val Venus, the Intercontinental Champion. Um, he interferes at three minutes fifty-two seconds. Yeah, Goldust appears more motivated than he has been more in more than a year in this match, screwing the deliberate style he normally uses and quickly going after Venus, concentrating his attack on the knee. All that leads to nothing when Venus makes his comeback, but the attempted psychology psychology is a nice touch. The blue meanie comes out, which you might think might have hurt Goldust since they've just had a feud. But the meanie gives Venus a DDT on the arena floor, and that gives Goldust the upset win. We see China and X Pac preparing for their match. And hardcore championship match, Bob Holly, the champion, beats Bart Gunn after a masked man tossed Bart off the entrance stage and threw a table. And before that, we saw European champion Shane McMahon is showing flexing in the mirror and China looking on approvingly. Well, one of the problems with the brawl for all is that you have put over Gunn's fist as having knockout power and then he uses them against Holly and they have limited effects since pro wrestling is not real life. This is one of Gunn's first matches after the brawl for all as the company was not sure what to do with him after he won the tournament and he wrestled for a while in Japan. Both men put on a very entertaining garbage brawl, although it starts to enter parody territory when Gunn cracks a watermelon over Holly's head and Holly responds in kind with a crate of bananas to Gunn's cranium. When they fight near the entrance, eventually a masked man attacks Bart from behind and tosses him off the stage for a conveniently placed covers to retain. Well, up next is X-Puck with China versus... Nope. Fuck me. Next match is X-Pac with Shane McMahon versus nope. Triple nope. H with China. No. Nope. Next match is Shane McMahon versus China with X-Pac and Triple H. Next match is X-Pac with Triple H versus China with Shane McMahon. Hey, we got there in the end. The stipulation, stipulation for this bout is that if China defeats X-Pac, then Shane McMahon will, have not, will not have to defend the European Championship at WrestleMania. I think so, you need a joint, James. Yeah, I think I do as well. I need, I need a minute. I'll be all right. So here we go. So here's China. <laughs> China coming out. Well, no, X-Pac coming out. Oh, my God. X-Pac came out, went after Shane, and China with a low blow. And that's not fair, surely. Don't call me Shirley, but no other hairs on... <laughs> no. And now Triple H is going to look to follow Shane McMahon around, keeping their distance in China, going after X-Pac. It's DX fighting each other here. It's not DX, James. It is DX versus the corporation. No, China's not. 
She's going to look for the Bronco Buster on x Oh, oh. well, China missing the Tuna Buster. Oh, my God. Now x after Shane again. Oh, my God. Shane's on the run and referee's concentrating on x and Shane McMahon. And Triple H in the ring. And he's going to pedigree China. Hits the pedigree on China. Turns her over. Well, Shane running back in and so is x And he realised China's down. One, two, three... <laughs> And he gets the victory over China, and the power of the pedigree compels them. And that means Shane McMahon will have to defend the European Championship at WrestleMania. DX got one over on the corporation there. Dan, what are your thoughts on that? But is it clear who Shane McMahon's going to have to defend his European Championship against? So what do you think of that match? It was a very entertaining match, and I think it's a good way for DX to get one back over the corporation after their shenanigans. Without a doubt. Well, tune in this Friday night to see Steve Austin in Nash Bridges on CBS. Vince McMahon says that The Undertaker killed his parents, scarred his brother, and that no one dares to threaten him. The crowd does not really seem to know who to cheer for in this budding feud. And the main event is an Inferno match, first time ever on Raw, and it's the Undertaker versus Kane. And McMahon refuses to divulge the content of the Undertaker's note to him last week, only saying there's no one that no one goes there. You see, but like the scaffold match, Dan, I find that this the, the, the concepts that looks great on paper, but there's not really a lot you can do with fire of surrounding the ring. Do you know what I mean? Like, what can you really do in the Inferno match? You're right, you can't do anything in this one. I just like how the fire jumps every time there's a bit of impact on the match, on the mat. You've got to be careful though if you're too close. <laughs> and Kane's had experience before. He's lost an Inferno match to the Untaker. They don't use a lot and some they do. I always like Buried Alive, but I can understand why you can't use that match type now. It's not really PG, is it, you know? Neither maybe setting someone on fire isn't, but... Was the last one Kane had with Bray Wyatt where Kane had his arms set a lot? Was it when the Wyatt family put the, put mat the blanket over? over yeah. it shit. He's been part of the corporation and he's Vincent Mann's man in this one going against the Undertaker with the ministry. But it's a bit weird talking about two hills going off at it, especially with the Undertaker being so dark and focusing on McMahon. And McMahon saying Kane won't let him down. He's, he's back in the corporation to get the job done, not only with the Undertaker and the ministry, but also with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, it seems like in a way about. You know, dealing with someone from the corporation. You know, you've got um, badass Billy Gunn and uh, Val Venus against Shamrock of the corporation. You've got X-Pac and Triple H going against Shiner Sh- and Kane. Yep. Shane and China from the corporation. You know, you've got Big Bossman and whoever he's kind of... Bossman's, yeah, for, you know, hardcore championship can, you know... Team up with Shamrock for tag teams as well. And then Paul guys, you know, Mankind has got a problem with him. And also he wants to kind of, you know, be the main man. And after Suplex by Kane, the flame shut up. And Paul Bear is bringing out a box to Vincent Mann. What, what is in that box? What's in the box? It looks like a hat box. Well, it's a black box. King wants McMahon to open it. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Open it. Well, we don't know what's in the box yet. It's Kane, Irish whip and the Untaker. A vicious Irish whip. So close to those flames. Must be at least 200 degrees in there. At least 400 degrees. But, you know, as far as safe workers, wouldn't you say Kane and Undertaker right there with safe workers as yeah, well? Yeah, without a doubt. You know, I think anybody with a bit of longevity in them, you know, it definitely has got that kind of thing of being quite a safe guy to be working with. 
Well, unless you're on top of Hell in a Cell with Undertaker. Yeah, I mean... But again, that wasn't Undertaker's fault. No. And Undertaker now has grabbed... It's a spanner used for tightening the ring ropes, I do believe. And he's using it on Kane's head, and McMahon now wants to open up the box. He's got his cue to open the box. He's given himself his cue. He's opened the box, and now... What, what is it? And, oh my God, he's got a teddy bear. McMahon is, is visibly shot by it. And Undertaker trying to set Kane in. And McMahon is distraught. Oh, look at Undertaker trying to take Kane's mask off. Well, Vince McMahon is, is visibly shook. And we don't see that a lot from, from Vince. No, he's just put, he's kind of walking away out of ring area, clutching a teddy bear. And he's asking Paul Bear, what are you doing? And a big boot and Kane now clotheslining Undertaker down. And oh, Undertaker over the top. Right to the ringside area on those wafer-thin mats. James, just how thin are those mats? Ah, the mere millimetres. Over what? Over concrete. And now Kane off the top. Oh, Oh, Undertaker sidesteps him. Kane goes ribs first into the announce table. Wow. And McMahon is just so upset looking at that teddy bear. So Undertaker's had a couple of Inferno matches, doesn't get burnt once, walks down to the ring during an Elimination Chamber match and gets burnt frazzled. (laughs) Undertaker just smashing Kane over the head with the uh, announce table cover. Kane's just Irish whipped Undertaker into the steel stairs. And all the punishment Kane's taken, he's back on his feet. Big boot, but blocked by Undertaker. Oh, oh my God! As he drops Kane's boot onto the ring where it's all on fire. The bell rings and Kane is set on fire for, what, the third time now? Yeah, and he's trying to pull it out. Kane is on fire and Mr. Man. Is shocked. Seems to be crying. The Undertaker now coming to McMahon. Asking him why. And he's got that teddy bear. No. Oh my God. Undertaker has set the teddy bear alive. Vince McMahon drops to his knees. And McMahon going after the teddy bear. What does it mean? Is it symbolic? Well, I think that just goes to prove that Charles' toys are far too flammable. That went up really quickly and really heftily. Is that a, a note into the past? Has the Undertaker got inside Mr. McMahon's head? Can he control the corporation? Can he control the WF with that? He's brought Mr. McMahon to his knees. Quite incredible there. Dan, what have you thought of WWE versus WCW in the month of Feb? Oh... You know, with WWE, it seems to be going forward, moving on with different storylines. And, you know, it seems to be improving. Whereas WCW, you kind of think there's a glimmer of hope and then they just deliver a shower of shit. Yeah, exactly. Well, rating-wise, head-to-head, WF for 5.5 for that and WCW's 4.6. Uh, we'll be back next month for more WWE versus WCW. But next episode is the WNR 204 and that's the WWE Network Review for February... And the following week for WNR 205, it's Elimination Chamber 2019. We should really watch 205 on that one, shouldn't we? But We're not going to. We're not going to. Uh, so that is it. Uh, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at WNetReview or at Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at J underscore Roland across all the Google platforms. Send us an email WNRpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, WWE Network Review Podcast. There, also on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. Come and find our page and give us a like with a WWE Network Review Podcast. And come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. You can listen to us numerous ways. We're on YouTube or we're on SoundCloud. On your phone. We're on Stitcher Radio, Spreaker Radio. We've got our live shows and iTunes where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. But that is it. Like I say, plenty more still to come from the WNR Podcast. But until then, 
I've been James Rowlands, and as always, I was joined by Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Bye.